Hi, welcome to Talk About the Passion. I'm your host, Christian Campagna. It's been a minute. Right now, it's October in 2019. The last episode of this podcast came out in July. I've had a few life-changing events happening that kind of got in the way a little bit, but here we are, back again. This is the first of three new episodes I have done right now, and I've been working with a couple other people to hopefully get something set up, uh, and we'll get this train back on track with weekly episodes yet again. Good to see ya! So a few things first. Um, a month or so ago, I, I got a text message from a friend that said, congratulations. I didn't know what I did. I thought maybe I had a baby I, I didn't know about or I, you know, a raffle I didn't know I signed up for or something. Uh, I asked what for and she said, your podcast was nominated for a, a Boston Music Award. I immediately dropped the phone and fell to my knees and started crying. I could hear her on the phone on the floor. Are you, are you okay? Hello, Christian? I'm kidding. That didn't happen. It was, it was just a text message. And one that uh, certainly made my day and uh, made me rethink the effort and work I was putting into this podcast and also the work I wasn't putting in. So here I am getting the band back together, as it were. There's a ceremony in December uh, at the House of Blues in Boston. And if you have a minute and dig this podcast, you can vote for me at the website bostonmusicawards.com. Uh, my friends in the band uh, Worshipper are also up for an award, so feel free to check that box as well uh, if you want. You don't have to do any of this. You can tell me to, to leave you alone. I, I, I get it. Um, today's episode is called It's Alive. It's a discussion about live records with Brian Smith and Guy Weatherby. Brian and Guy are uh, regulars here, and in the past we've done some episodes where we essentially list off songs or artists, and that was the idea here, uh, but this this one was more of a loose affair. I don't think... Lucifer? Loose affair. Um, I don't think we actually start with each other's records until maybe a half hour or so into this, and we, we only really cover five or six records. It's mostly an open conversation about live records, live recordings, the bootlegs, you know, live shows and that kind of thing. And, and you know, re-listening to this just made this you know it's a under a little under two hours episode uh, before editing it made me excited to you know bring it to the public. Some of my you know favorite podcasts and radio shows through the years have been ones that are more of like a you know loose format conversation that at least you know keep the listener interested anyway. I think we accomplished that here and then some. You know, I love hanging out with these two, and these conversations would be happening even without the tape rolling, which is, you know, why it comes off sounding so natural. I'm on social media at Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Talk About the Passion podcast, and you should be able to find it. Same goes for if you want to listen to episodes of this. I'm on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, uh, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Anyway, enough about me and my life. Uh, let's get this one started. This is episode 46. It's Alive with Brian and Guy. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to Talk About the Passion. I'm here with my friends uh, Guy and Brian. Yep, hello. Back <laughs> again, finally. Yeah, we're, we're here, back again. We're here in a room. We're here in again, a room. Again, yep, awesome. Great Today, to see you guys. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. We, the last time we did this, I think, was in May. And, uh, I think so, it was the Beastie Boys. Yeah, we did, oh yeah, you and I did the Beastie Boys, and then we did, yeah. uh, we still have one in the, 
that I have in the, 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 the guitar one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that was a good underrated yeah. guitar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I gotta go through that one because it's, it's, it's we went pretty deep. That was a on long that. one. Like, yeah, we yeah. got yeah carried away. Yeah, yeah. But uh, today, <laughs> wings of guitar solos. Right? Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, like guys I didn't know that you that, that, that you told me about, and then you, you right. Know. Yeah. No, same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's sort of the point of this. Yeah, it's, it hangers. makes it fun to listen back to them because even though I'm doing them, you know, right. I gotta think about what we just did, what yeah. we just talked about. Right. Because we talked about, you know, Steve and Billy and Bruce and you know Sally. I don't know any of those guys. Right. Like, right. Know. Yeah. Christian totally digs them. You know, right. Ryan never even told me. I've been friends for 40 years. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't right. tell him. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know about Bruce Kulik? Really, dude? I have 19 <laughs> of his solo albums. <laughs> Every single one of them is from Japan. Yeah. Right. Really? I never laid those on you? You gotta love it. Yeah, he's big in Japan. So right. it's always good to listen back, even yeah. though, ironically, right? Yeah. To say, I gotta check that stuff out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, today we're gonna talk about uh, live records. And, uh, you know, initially when we started talking about this, we, we all kind of were thinking. Yeah, I can't really think of many, and then as you yeah. start to get yeah, into it, there'll be a couple that we can talk about, some right. old favorites. Uh, out of the three of us, uh, it's well known among the three of us that Brian loves live records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly a lot more than I do. I don't right. rate, rate them very high. Yeah, but yeah, when we were thinking about today's podcast, I thought about it for five minutes. And yeah, I went, you know, there's there there are some essential records. Oh. Some of my favorite records ever. Right. The number one record with a bullet is the live record by this band or this right. musician. It kind of shocked me a little bit. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. There's certainly live albums stuff I that like. that didn't really come to mind until yeah, you thought about it. This, yeah. There's stuff I like, but I'm like, oh, no, that I love that. I'd take a bullet for that album. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a live record. I wouldn't have thought of that. So yep. that's fun, too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Think, and I mean, think I, about I've got... Oh, my God. I mean... And then maybe later I'll make it really hard sure. on all of us and say, so if you had to pick one live album <laughs> to live with forever, yeah. what's what's the one? You know, what's oh right, now that's, that? that's that, even right. tougher. It's impossible, but you you know, I'll, I'll force you guys to pick. All right, yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. So two of the most like famous like ones that are that aren't are supposed to be fake or, or Kiss Alive. Yeah, right. fake live records, right? right. Stuff yeah. where it's right. where, I mean, fake, heavily overdone, studio, heavily done, fixed up. What was the other one? Kiss Alive uh, for sure. The other one I was thinking of was uh, that that's, that's, that people say isn't real is uh, Unleashed in the East by Judas Priest. Really? Yeah, I've heard that that's... I've never, I mean, I'm a huge Priest fan. Yeah. I love yeah. that record. Yeah. And I've, ne I've never... It's been, yeah, it's been kept on the down low uh, about Exit Stage Left by Rush, too. Yeah. There's a lot of overdub work on right. that. Um, that just, it wasn't talked about. The, yeah. the whole idea was, and, and I think... I want to say it was Neil Peart, the drummer, but I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Someone in Rush was interviewed about that many years ago. I was always a diehard Rush fan. Yeah. Did a lot of time reading about the band, more than I care to admit, but too late now. <laughs> yeah. And they half admitted to it in some interview along the way. Look, what we were trying to do, here's how we'll justify overdubbing. Right. We're trying to give you, the listener, our fan, your money, your yeah. hard-earned money, the best bang for the buck. So this is what we wanted to sound like right. and what we intended to sound like when we were playing it live. Right. Yeah. We I broke mean, a string, 
Getty coughed at one point right. during a vocal part. Yeah, yeah. So we cleaned that yeah, up for you. Right. Or there was a bit of feedback at the end of the song, so we faded it out and brought right. in the crowd sound from something yeah. else to cover it up. Right. But minus that, this is really what it sounded like. Yeah. So that's our justification. So right. we yeah. did we and did I mean, clean yeah. it, quote unquote, right. but this is why. Right. And you know, again, as a fan, I'm gonna unless it's ridiculous, I'm probably gonna go, Oh, that sounds reasonable yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and right. I mean and like the Kiss Alive record, it's widely documented even by them. That right. It's, that it's a lot of it is overdubbed. It, it was yeah. too rough when they did so, it live yeah. and they had um, to really clean it up. Right. Yeah, and the, and the thing about that record is that um for me, anyway, and I'm not a Kiss. I'm not Kiss Army. You yeah, know, I'm a right. bigger Ace Frehley fan than a Kiss fan. But even though you know it's fake, you feel like you're at a show when you yeah. put it on. It really. So, so if their goal was to give you the impression of what it was like to see the band live, right? That's what it's a they, success. They right? Succeeded. Yeah, yeah. They did That's that. What, I feel the same way. I was too young to see Rush when they were touring in 1980, 1981, right. and Exit Stage Left was my yeah, yeah. documentary, yeah. you know, but just like any good fiction story, you read it and sometimes you feel like you're there, you're like, yeah. oh man, I'm in the haunted house and the ghost is right. coming down. If you tell it well, even though it's fake, yeah. it, it really feels like you're there, and that that's, that's I, I don't mind yeah. that it's not raw, and, and plus, trust me, I think everybody in this particular room has heard Rush bootlegs. Yeah, oh, some are great yeah, and some are somewhere. awful, but the great ones sound as good, if not better, than Exit Stage Left, and they're yeah. unretouched. So right. I know how good the band yeah. is live. Absolutely. In, um, in retrospect, it doesn't yeah, matter they what they did to, to right. Exit and, Stage and, Left. They've proven it to me already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, recently yeah. I bought uh, a copy of um, the the live uh, Alcatraz record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, is a pretty wide, I mean, I would say they're not uh, necessarily a household name, but pretty right. widely known band. Yeah. And it's a well-known record, and um, they Graham Bonnet just recently re-released it, untouched, and said, you know, the one everybody's heard for all these years has had stuff fixed and right. blah 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 blah. Right. This is this is the raw tape from right. the board. Period. There's nothing, and the truth of the matter is, I, without a being them, I couldn't really tell the difference. Yeah. And that really says a lot to me. Now, I'm sure that there's differences. Yeah. Right. But but it, it wasn't like I kind of thought I'm going to put this in and it's going to sound like a bootleg. Yeah. But it it, you know what I mean? It, it right. And and I suppose that variants could be different for different things for sure. Um, like you said, I've got bootlegs that are basically almost unlistenable. Right. Um, but but to be fair, even though that's untouched and raw, that's not what it sounded like at that show. Yeah. Right. It's a bad recording. Right. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that, too. And, you have to split that right down the middle. Yeah, too. and when you're younger, or for me, you just think this is a recording of this show, like for the micro... You don't, yeah, some you don't realize what really goes into putting on a show of any any size with and recording it isn't as simple as... Just making a recording of it and handing it, it out it's, afterwards. It's, and for a lot of bands, it's much harder than going into the studio to get it yeah, right. Yeah, and especially it. I would it's say bands like Rush right. or a band like maybe Genesis or even or Yes or something, where the songs that to playing the song to begin with at all is a nightmare. Right. right. Now you also yeah. want it to be in this giant room, hockey arena, in a hockey arena, and it's <clears> supposed to sound for a lot of the people it's supposed to sound like the record and if it right. doesn't they're going to be disappointed yeah. and upset right. so there's there's so many variables I think in recording something live yeah. uh, that 
And, and to be honest, I've got some that are pretty bad yeah. that are awesome because they're so raw and bad. Right. So, I guess I guess the thing with uh, live records is I take every one as itself. I don't yeah. compare them to each other because right. each one's a different thing to me. You know, yeah. when you're a band and you're playing live, um, you know, things go by. You know, things that you on stage as a performer, oh man, I, I, practically it sounds like I dropped my guitar, yeah. unnoticed by the majority of the audience, and it goes by and it's live in the moment, and especially back in the day, there's no recorders, there's right. no phones, nothing's going on. It's just part of the experience, and yeah. you recover even if anybody noticed or they didn't, and you move on. All that stuff is blown up in 3D to be dissected once you get the reels right. back, right. if you yep. will, or the tape back from the live show back in the day, yeah. right? And so now, every oh, wait, look, listen to that. That's when you put your stick through the drum. Nobody yeah. noticed right. it at the time. Yeah. It was the world's best gig we ever had. Right. People were standing on their seats, but it ruins the whole right. last yeah. two minutes of yeah. that song. Yeah. Here, and you go... Right. Through this, right, right through the through the drum. Yeah, right? yeah it's um, so you got to fix that, or you got to leave that song off the document. You're like, that's the end. You know right. what? What can we do? And yeah. I see how bands do it. You know, yeah. it, 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 when you're a fan and, yeah. and 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 you're a little naive about it, you can get chuffed. Yeah, and say that's yeah. not the real thing. Well, but you get a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. You're like, whatever they have to yeah, do, they have to do. Maybe. The document is awesome, and, sometimes, and, and it's amazing at that point when you finally do hear. A live record that's 100% untouched. Yeah. Well, why are they making such a big deal out of that? Because like, right. it's incredibly rare yeah. to get a whole set untouched, right. yeah, unretouched live yeah. right. where practically nothing went wrong. Yeah. And in, a, in another way, everything went right. right. That's so rare, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, almost probably impossible. Almost impossible. Especially, yeah. again, right. depending on what you're doing. For yeah. sure. You know, I don't think it maybe would be impossible for... Or as impossible for the Cro-Mags to have one of those shows right. as it would be for the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Right, right. right. You know, Different. I mean, now, and, and I don't, but by, by that, I'm not trying to obviously say I no. fucking love the Cro-Mags. I'm right. not saying, but what I'm saying is that four guys playing, four or five people playing, you know, some, some really harsh, abrasive music is a lot different than... 36 people playing right. in a room you can hear a pin drop yeah. in and everybody's you know you could hear somebody breathing right it's going to change the right. dynamic of what and anybody who's ever been to a lot of shows knows that where you sit in the building will change yeah, what the absolutely. band yeah. sounds like well, i've, I've been to rush shows where i thought oh, they sound terrible tonight and then go to go to the bathroom and hear them from a yeah, different part of the room and like, it sounds oh, amazing fantastic uh, mixes guitar, right? excellent yeah, right. yeah so yeah. You know, I think that the recording of a live record is a huge endeavor yeah, to even do it at all. Yeah. This is probably way out of order, and maybe we'll edit this in later, but I'm going to preempt my... I, I hope we'll talk about some of our favorite live albums. It's yeah. probably the plan, yeah. but I'm going to preempt one of mine with a sidebar that's coming way before I even yeah. talk about the album. And you guys might know this. If you've listened to a lot of live jazz albums, yeah. you'll notice a lot of times, and, and this is a particular pet peeve so i just want to cover it while i'm thinking about it um especially pianists if they're the composer yeah on the gig or they wrote the song or they're actually the band leader right it's the pianist right they will uh a lot of times in a live recording even on studio recordings they will hum along oh yeah oh yeah with with the with the melody yeah. yeah and not all of them are singers right and some of them are terrible yeah. yeah 
and there's nothing you can do right. to isolate that vocal when you're recording an acoustic piano, back, yeah. especially right. back in the day. Right. The microphone's got to go over the soundboard. Yeah. It, you know, even on yep. an upright, which most of them didn't play, but yeah. on a grand, a baby grand, that that tabletop goes up, and you put those microphones yeah. in the soundboard. If the guy is sitting there going, and he's singing along with his melody, was you're going to catch some of that. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, absolutely. Once you notice that, and I'm probably ruining a thousand jazz records for people as I speak. If you're listening to this, turn it off. If you start to notice that, that's one of the first things you'll go to right oh, away. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I I've got uh, I've got a sensitivity to it since yeah. the first time I heard it yeah. with one of my favorite artists. But he's not a singer. Yeah. And he's completely. Uh, Tone, his tone is is yeah. one note. Who was this? Dave Brubeck. Yeah, yeah, Brubeck. So yeah. there's a couple of very famous live records yeah. where his toneless singing. I mean, he doesn't even stick with the melody. Right. Yeah. He's just going, uh, right. and that's all I can hear. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. can't it's listen to the record to for you, one right? minute. Yeah. I'm like, these are such great recordings. And I'm looking at the set list of the yeah. song. Like, oh man, Strange Meadowlark! I yeah. can't wait to listen to that live yeah. in 1960. Yeah, and, then and he's like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like, oh, what is going Interestingly enough, two of it's my favorite. It's such a weird uh, thing. And when you when you finally hear it, yeah. and realize what's going on, you're like, oh, that's what's happening. I see. I've watched live video of, yeah, of sure. bands and seen some of the pianists yeah. singing along. I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah. what's going on. Right. Yeah. You kind of understand, but now you, yeah. now you totally unequivocally get what's going on. Yeah. That's just, they're so into it. That's the way they can play. Yeah. They're, they're improvising, so they're... Yeah. I get it, right? They're yeah. almost scatting along with their yeah, own yeah. movement. Yeah. But if you can hear it, yeah, and it's not good, it, yeah. uh, it, it, it taps me out. And so yeah. there's literally yeah, can, dozens of that. records that I keep having to tap out on because yeah. I keep hearing that guy. Right. Yeah, interestingly it, enough, two of my favorite uh, jazz artists of all time are well known for it. Yeah. Neither of whom is a pianist. Interesting. And they're both do it to such a degree that it it appears on studio records too. Yeah, you can yeah. just hear it all right. the time. I've heard it like, like Lionel Hampton. Yeah, Lionel right? Hampton is one of them. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. And, right. and Elvin. Elvin? Yeah. Really? Elvin, not so much singing along, but uh, almost like exclamations, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. The James Brown thing. The James Brown um, thing. Right, yeah. In those two cases, I, I actually was always have found it for those guys very endearing. It's part yeah, of right, it's right. part of the you can tell yeah. how stoked Lionel Hampton is. Right. Um, in in a related uh, thing to that, which is funny, is that uh, there's a very famous clip of uh, the Benny Goodman band playing "Sing Sing Sing" from a movie called Hollywood Hotel. Okay. Or it may be called Hotel Hollywood. Um, yeah. Either way. Um, and one of the things I love so much about it is that there's a Lionel Hampton vocalization in it. He's not on the cut. Huh. But he was in the room. Right. And there's one point happens where Benny Goodman plays some note, and in the back you hear Lionel Hampton going, Yeah! <laughs> and you're like, oh, Lionel's vocalization is going to be on this wreck. He's not even playing in the song. Right. He's right. just so excited. And, right. uh, you know, he's sometimes over the top with it. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I've heard Lionel, and, and yeah, he's, he doesn't bother me, but I've switched a gear with him. It's so obvious, and the, and it's it's so prominent it's on his part recordings. Of it. yeah. It's part of it, and it makes me laugh. It's right. amusing to me. Of course. I'm not hurt by, and I'm not as deep into Lionel as I am into Dave Brubeck either. Sure, right. So it, it doesn't, I've got plenty of Lionel's um, records, put them on, and they amuse me for a half an somebody hour. Somebody right? does it a lot that, um, I can't think if I've heard it on a record. 
but I know for a fact we've seen this person do it live is Joe Jackson. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely, yep. You know, and uh, I've got a bunch of live Joe Jackson, but I can't recall ever hearing yeah. it on a record. It, but it must either be, you know, very muted or it's so part of the music. And plus, he's a great singer. Right. Yeah, true so enough. So now if yeah, he's, he's humming along, yeah. I'm probably not even hearing it yeah, because he's in touch. It's when the guys are toneless that he yeah, really yeah, starts yeah. to go, I understand what's going on, but... I don't yeah, want to listen yeah, to it. If right. I was in a room watching it live, yeah, no problem. Right. Yeah. I could probably get away with it, but it's just one of those little things. You're like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen to that record again. <laughs> yeah. Of the, some of the recordings of the jazz records, it's, it is an endearing thing, too, with the, the way they're in those clubs. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's that Miles Davis uh, live at the Plug Nickel Bar set. And you hear, like, people eating and glasses oh, yeah. and waitresses. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite like, records <clears throat> is, is that record, yeah. and by extension, records that were recorded at clubs like that, like yeah, the Black Hawk and stuff like yeah, the Vanguard, the yeah. really tiny places yeah, you can tell. where somebody very smartly on the gig, on the job, said, hey, we're going to record this. Yeah. And usually it's on a two-track reel yeah, back in right. the day. Yeah, yeah. Said, you know what? Just for kicks to get the ambiance of the place. Because yeah. they were thinking, we're yeah. not just going to record the bass and the drums and the piano. Right. Usually they had one yeah, microphone the, to position yeah. mm -hmm. at the right spot to capture all of it. Right. No right. separate mics, right? Yeah. And then one more mic, you get stereo pair, and sometimes it was yeah. mono, but you had two inputs. Yeah. We'll put one pointed toward the back of the club, or, or put a microphone at yeah. the back of the club yeah. and capture some yeah, of the capture that warmth, right? The some, room. some of the room. Yeah. And so there, there's a, a Cal Jader. He was a, a yeah, awesome. yeah. pianist. Um, there's a, a, a club gig of his that I love. To it's not my favorite tunes, right? Um, and it's early. I, I I actually like his stuff where he started to get into guitar and yeah. synthesizer in the 70s yeah, where yeah. people yeah. thought he tapped right. out. Yeah. I do like his early kind of had a Miles thing there where yeah. people were like, or a Dylan thing where Pete went yeah, but in a direction that people said they it's said not it, right. Yeah. yeah, well, he he ventured into some smooth jazz, but with a yeah, yeah. with a Latin feel. Yeah. Yeah. So it really put some people off. I yeah. get it, but yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. But, but his early stuff, which is a little more composed and not yeah. quite as out there, is still really great. Right. And one of those gigs... Is just like that Miles yeah. record you brought up, where you literally you can hear a cash register go, yeah, yeah, ching yeah, ching, yeah. and the guy goes at thirty. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll give you five. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and put it on the table, yeah, and just amazing, as soon yeah. as he says that, you hear this this hi hat, and then this do 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 and the vibes come in. You're like, it's part of the record now. Thirty. Yeah, I'll give you five. Put it. Have you ever had that experience? All that stuff is part of the record, right? Oh, it's so good. And and like you said, with jazz records, that stuff is it all the time. All the time. Right. Like one of the to touch into where we were going with like our famous favorite ones one of my favorites is the the benny goodman band at carnegie hall yeah. right uh which <clears throat> is hard for people to imagine now but at the time that would be like the dead kennedys playing at scullers right the, the, the venue was you know so upper crust and these these big band musicians were basically con punks consider yeah. you know what i mean yeah um, so it was a massive thing that they were going to play there at all. Right. And it's amazing because uh, the ambiance of the way that the room was recorded is very primitive to now. That was uh, 1938. And in a lot of pictures of the show, you over the stage, maybe like 40 feet up, is a mic. Just hanging. And that fucking gig right. was recorded by a, room, a hanging room mic, right? Right. And it's a big band, and you've got 16, 18 guys at a, at a clip. And throughout the show, you can hear people coughing. You right. can hear, 
you know, Gene Krupa asking the guy for a gla- for a give, bring me a bottle right. of water, whatever. Right. And and it's so um, for me, it's like be it's not like being there, but it's like wow, it's like be having the room in the recording right. really, really makes yeah, it... That's a good way to say it, having because, a room in the recording. Because I have some some live recordings where the band sounds phenomenal. Right. There's no room noise. I've even yeah, got yeah. a few that come right off a board with right. no crowd noise. Yeah, it's very And it's, it's not really a live yeah. record anymore. Right. It, it isn't. It's it like isn't. I want right. that in there. Right. And, and uh, there's a few... Uh, there's a... Uh, I forget which one it is. Is it different stages? There's a Rush album where... Uh, Getty takes a short solo, which is, you know, if, you, if you're a Rush fan, you know that's you're always waiting for Getty to play right. something outside of the box, and yeah. he's usually right. No, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do it. Right. He yeah. he just plays this little solo, and when you have it cranked up loud enough, or you have it on headphones, some guy out in the crowd goes, "Shake it off, Alex. <laughs> like it's going to be okay. We like Getty, and it's just." That's awesome, you know. Like that's on, on Exit Stage Left too, right in YYZ, right before the there's the pause, and you hear someone in the crowd go, "Go get it!" <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I always hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to point out that sometimes some of the one of the coolest things that endears a live record yeah, to you isn't the band at all. Right. right. It's the room itself, yeah. or what's going on in that room. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that's part of the experience of the live record versus a studio yeah. record you know they're trying to give you some of that energy yeah. some of the, yeah, the yeah. feel and, right. and the flavor of being there and, and by the time it's you know the 1970s there's right yeah 30, yeah. 30 some odd years of yeah. live recordings yeah. to look back on yeah. and all those guys and the rock bands making music at the time are listening to their records and their yeah. parents records and some of yeah. those are live and going we gotta uh, you know <laughs> yeah. for our band we gotta do something like yeah. that we got to bring the room. we got to bring yeah. the stage. Also, uh, live records, interestingly record. enough, we keep referring to the room. Live records recorded outside, totally different. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've always thought it's a pretty entertaining uh, idea to think how many people were at Woodstock right. and how little of the crowd you hear on oh, a yeah. live recording yeah. of Woodstock. Right. Yeah. There's half a million people, yeah. and you, yeah, it's like a fade in the yeah. back. Yeah. You know, it's not a... Yeah. But I've got a... A live record of um, Wall of Voodoo, yeah. where it's it's a professionally made record they released, yeah. and the crowd is louder than the band in yeah. this tiny little bar. Right, yeah. and like you hear everybody talking, you hear the beer glasses yeah. and everything, and you're like, <laughs> at, at some point you're like, why are you people all showing up to a show that you right. want to talk through? But the the, the uh, Rolling Stones uh, get your yeah out album. Oh yeah. So the intro, cool record. Yeah, right before uh, <clears throat> "Sympathy for the Devil," there's a woman that was like probably sitting on the stage right in the, but very clearly going, "Paint it black, paint it black, paint it black," <laughs> and they kind of slowly just. That's the one start. with. Uh, I'm not a and huge Stones guy. That's the <clears throat> that's the one with Charlie Watts on the front, right? Yeah, with, with the, the drum yeah, and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, I have a bootleg tape of a Grateful Dead show. Well, I don't have any more, but I. For years, I had it was from the '80s. They had a song called "Stella Blue." Mm-hmm. That was a real slow song. It has like a lot of empty space in it. And that was the height of when you could tape their shows. So the, the, the taping section would be like you know 30, 40 people there with those mics, mics yeah, right, and stuff. Right. So someone must have been standing behind the thing, but this like really quiet part. And this has to be on every tape ever. This, but just someone all of a sudden goes, "Fuck you!" 
It's the best fucking thing in the world. Oh, yeah. I just remember, like, I would always re- rewind that. You spend the whole tape just waiting for it to come. You're like, I know it's coming at some point. I wish I knew what that was. Oddly enough, too, in Rush bootlegs, very common at some point for somebody to yell Getty. Right. Yeah, yeah. Of all things. Right. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, on that one, that guy yells out to Alex... But you never. It's always some guy out in the out in the Way, yeah. fucking nosebleeds going, right. <clears throat> right? Like what? <laughs> and I, I I can say too. I don't think I have anywhere he Getty responds. Yeah. No. Where no. he ever is like, right. oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So what do you? So what would you like? For both of you, what was maybe the first live record that you re- that you got that you like sort of started loving? Kiss Alive was Kiss the first Alive one the first for me. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd seen it at a neighbor's house yeah. in 1977, yeah. I think, is when it came out, right? Yeah. Didn't know anything about it, didn't know what the music, had no idea, but yeah. I was fascinated by the album that cover. Picture, like, yeah. why are these guys like superheroes? Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I talked about it relentlessly until my parents bought it for my next birthday. Yeah. And, uh, of course, at the time, had no idea that it was fake in any way. Right. You know, yeah, um, you th- yeah. and I remember like being just just like fascinated with the idea that this was recorded at a kiss at, at a show, right? And uh, so yeah, that would be the first and one and I ever the, actually had. Yeah. The other thing with like the, especially in the seventies was a lot of times those records were gatefold, so you oh, had all yeah. these pictures, and then some, sometimes even the inner sleeve would have more. Yeah. So yeah, and on that, that record, that back and, picture from the stage of the crowd with yeah. the lights up, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And there's a dude fucking holding a joint. Yeah. And you're like, I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just guy, I've seen guys those, guys those, holding the uh, the, the kiss banner. banner and. If you look right. that up, you can lose this like pictures of them online. Not like as adults holding that like. No. Yeah. yeah awesome. That, I can't remember their names. That, but, uh, I think <clears throat> I think that that shot. What was it? The shot. I think it's a shot from a Rush live record. Or, for, or just a Rush live shot that was famously reused, like on a Rainbow album cover. Oh, really? Like that. Oh, that's funny. I'll have to look into that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the, they, crowd, they, the crowd. Yeah, they, 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 they. So it's like the crowd isn't it, actually the crowd from that it, show. It's a Rush show, and it's a very famous black and white. I think Finn Costello, one of their yeah, photographers yeah. from forever ago, took the shot, and it's a very famous shot. And they're, it's a crowd, and they're all yeah. got Rush T-shirts on, and they're yeah. holding up a hand-painted Rush banner. Okay. And, and again, it's one of those, and the whole crowd is lit up it's two hours before the show yeah. right and everybody's right. filled okay. in and they're holding up their right. banner at the front of the stage right yeah so very infamously there's a live like rainbow record where they doctored all the rush t-shirts and that banner oh, out and yeah. just used that picture and without permission huh. like flipped it around 180 and yeah. put rainbow on that instead huh. of rush and just threw it Blackmore's on a live, a prick, huh? on a live album <laughs> yeah, right, right? Yeah. that's like one i mean many... not even on the same record label right, right? we're just going to take that picture awesome that'd be a <laughs> Wait, I wish our crowd looked like uh, that. Know, That's yeah, awesome. Right. Brought their I mean, own banners and right, everybody right. wore a shirt. That's know, awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that Kiss record, um, I wasn't as big of a fan, but around the same time, 77, 78, yeah. I totally knew who they were. Yeah. And I was having my parents buy me records yeah. if they would. Right. And then, of course, in the neighborhood, as we rode around on bikes, we're all talking about Kiss. Yeah. And if anybody had a record that we didn't have, we were yeah. trading them. Yeah. yeah. I remember one of our, uh, a guy that lived down the street from us had... 
um, Love Gun. Yeah. yeah. And I'd never seen that. And yeah. my parents certainly weren't buying that based right, on the right. album cover. Like, uh, right. you know, the guys dressed in makeup and high boots, that's fine. A bunch of naked women at their Chicks feet. We're not. On no. a record called Love Gun. We're not doing it. Right. <laughs> you know, we're I mean, not, right. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. You can have Dress to Kill. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's And cool I got Dress to Kill. Yeah. So, but the live record I knew about, and Brian had it, and, a, and again, a neighbor I knew had it, and he wanted to trade me. I traded him the Gene Simmons solo album for the live album Gatefold yeah. with only side three and four in it. Oh. So it only had one record. Right. Still, and, I would argue, still a decent trade. You won. <laughs> and, 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 and I thought so too. Yeah. I, you know, I got I got it home, and again, as anybody who's ever held that physical record in place, yeah. you look at the cover and you're like, "What is going on? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. looks insane." Yeah. You put the record on. This sounds insane. You yeah. keep flipping it over and looking yeah. at every picture you can, and you're like, these guys are out of control. Yeah, and I this remember... Is chaos. A, I, I wonder what it would be like. And as a kid, right? I remember thinking that, um, you know, having seen, you know, live performances of music and stuff on television and things like that, um, one of the things about that album cover, too, that really sent me was the idea that the way the shot is taken on the cover, you can see... How fucking beat up the stage is yeah, yeah, is all yeah. marked up and shit right, yeah. and it doesn't you know when you see these things on tv these places look like the taj mahal right, yeah. and then the way that it looks it just right. looks filthy it's like a wood stage. yeah it's yeah, like it's a plywood rickety. stage it's all right. fucked and up again, with tape I, stuck to like, it and yeah. like you brian i'm looking at it through the lens of an eight nine ten year old yeah exactly i'm and way like, too oh. young to go to any shows right. i'm not going to any concerts yeah. yet nothing right. i can't imagine what it must be like to be yeah. there this is bringing me as close as and I then can. later on when i did go to shows you were really you were like wow that record as fake as it turned out to be or whatever that captures that yeah, captures that feeling of if you see any yeah. band live at an arena that was anything even remotely like that anything that's rock and roll you're like that, that wow that's that's it. Yeah. that's it somebody I forget who it was but somebody famously said that record is so good of a live document that you get a contact high listening to it you know and <laughs> it really is it really is that good yeah I, I would argue that kiss alive 2 is not anywhere near as yeah. good that was the one i my brother had a live a live but my introduction to kiss was like destroyer and then love mm-hmm. gun and then alive 2 and that's the one my, my dad had taken us to see, the Love Gun tour. Awesome. But he came home with um, Cheap Trick, Budokan. Oh, my God, yeah. Right. And he said that these are the guys that, are gonna, that we're going to see with Kiss, which coincidentally we never, we, we got there late and didn't even see Cheap Trick. Oh, man. But I remember him bringing that record home and he played the Ain't That a Shame. Because yeah. he was, grew up in the 50s, mm-hmm, so sure. that was like his music. And I remember he just loved that cover. Right, he's checking out right? this yeah. hip new band. Is and that, that's a really great live record, great, too. Like, um, the pictures on, so that was always, like, drew me in just the, these pictures of these And Robin guys. Zander talking to the crowd, like, because it's Japanese. Yeah, like, yeah. everything he says really slow, so they yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. This is the first song on yeah. our new album. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, Again, becomes the yeah. personality of And the they, record, just, you know, they just, they uh, just... They just kill it on that oh, record. Yeah. They sound amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's a great record too. Yep. So, so that was, was definitely my first one. Yeah. So was it was a live year? No, not really, because yeah. again, I traded for half of it. Yeah. But and it oh, was yeah, interesting yeah, so. to me. So technically, it was probably my first live right. record. But um, if I really think about it, um, the first live stuff I was listening to 
was uh, comedy stuff that yeah. my parents had. Yeah. They, they, they were Columbia Records. Wow, people. I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. Yeah. So they had some live comedy tapes, yeah. okay? yep. especially the Johnny Carson stuff and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, um, but the first live music uh, that captivated me, you know, mm. that made yeah. me go, I bought this album. It's a live album. What is going on? Yeah. Why, why is was right exit stage left from yeah. Rush? Yeah. I remember, and I have specific memories about the first real, you know, deep dive, if you will, that I did really young with yeah. that. I had it on tape, mm -hmm. so really small pictures of everything. Yeah. I mean, the front cover and the back cover are nice when you see it on a record, which right. I eventually got. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's nice little play on all their previous records. Yeah. They've got a little little touchstone to everyone. Right. So it's kind of fun. You look at yeah. it while you're listening to it, and you're trying to go, oh, that's from Fly By Night. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. from Caress of Steel. You're, you're picking out all the little things. Right. Uh, and then on that physical record, if you open it up, there's live shots of all the guys that are completely blown out. You can't see. Right. You know, Alex has got... You know, yeah, they're all intentionally taken in a way yeah. so you can't see their oh, face. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. So and one of Neil is from behind. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, I know. Getty's yeah. lit from the front, so you yeah. only see his silhouette. Alex has got his arm yeah, in front Alex of his face. Awesome, yeah. So, yeah. So there's these... You're like, whoa, it's mysterious. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And the uh, the rest of the inside of it is just red. That's yeah. right. That's just those three little pictures now, and nothing right. else. Now, if you got lucky... The bonus was when you slipped out the second record, you know, you had two records in there. Oh, what's this? A little poster. Yeah. And you fold oh, the poster yeah. out, and it's a big, huge, massive, yeah. you know, airplane landing lights, live shot right. of the band, like, yeah. in living color. There yeah. it is, yeah, right? right. Yeah. That was a nice little special yeah. treat at the yeah, end. Yeah, I think my uh, copy of it has on the vinyl poster? still has the yeah, poster. Yeah, great. So, but I had the tape. Yeah. And so. my memory of bonding with that tape to the point where I was telling everybody in the car on our trip to a summer vacation yeah uh, i liked it we, we we would a family of five so i would as the oldest i got to pick where i wanted to s sit yeah and in the station wagon what i like to do was go all the way on the way back yeah so i could lay down yeah and ride up and with my you know one speaker cassette deck and a set of headphones yeah. right so i'm in the way back laying down nobody can see me with my pillow and I've got Exit Stage left on cassette. Yeah. And it's a long album. It's a yeah. double album, right? right? So it's going on and on and on. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and there's a song on there, just a little guitar solo called Bruins Bane yeah, yeah. that Alex pulls off just before they play The Trees. And yeah. it was kind of an improv thing. Yeah. And he liked to do that. I had no idea. I was yeah. a fan of the band, young. Yeah, and you're like, why is this song I knew playing their live studio, not even on a record? Yeah, Where I knew their studio from? records and that's it. I mean, you know, I picked up Cream Magazine on the one time in five years that would put Rush in an article somewhere. Right. They've got a record out. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what the song was yeah. and what was going on. And so I'm listening to it, and of course it's just quiet, classical guitar solo. Right. So I rewind it in the car and say, hey, everybody, listen up. And everybody stops talking, and I'm blasting it through my one-speaker thing. And I'm like, okay, and I finished playing it. And my mom was a mu musician all her life. I, I, I learned a lot from her. And, She's like, oh, that sounds like this and that. classical stuff. I mean, again, right. I'm like, yeah, you know, guess who this is? Yeah. I don't know. I play this game, right? I'm like, that's Rush, the, right? The band yeah. that she, I don't get why you guys right, like that. Right. And they're loud and noisy. And the yeah, guy yeah. has a terrible voice. Really? that So it put them on the radar as a legitimate band. I was right, trying for, to, right. I'm 12 years old, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to legitimize my taste with yeah, my parents because that's what you do. Yeah, time. yeah. Yeah. You're not rebelling against them yet. Yeah. Maybe you're still trying to. And she paid attention. She said, "Well, that's interesting, you know." Yeah. And she was a uh, not a fan of the band ever, right. yeah. but certainly could acknowledge 
and knew more than she wanted to. Right. I'm sure if she was around now, she oh yeah, I didn't want to know anywhere near. <laughs> Brian and I have many uh, anecdotes of hanging out, yeah. watching videos and, and, and oh, playing yeah. songs, and my mom coming in and being able to reference yeah. the album, what was going on, you know, nice. what kind of shoes they were wearing, right. ridiculous stuff. Right? Yeah, that she famously came in when we got a bad VHS bootleg of the Don Kirshner rock concert. Oh, yeah. And of course, that was you, like yeah. what? That was a tape they did in '75. Yeah, and it, it, it's like three days after Neil joined the band, right. and it's yeah. it's, it's rough. really raw. Yeah. And Getty's got these just ridiculous sideburns, and they've got the platform shoes. It's really out of control. And she came in to tell us something. She was on her way out the door, and she she <laughs> she came in and she goes, "Okay, listen, you guys. I left them the meatloaf on the stove. I'm taking off. You guys can eat. Is that Getty?" <laughs> right. It stopped in the middle of her sentence and went, oh, is that Getty? And we're like, yeah, it is. Nice. Yeah. So what was yours? Uh, I think it might have been uh, Budokan. That might have been like the first one I remember as like hearing as a live record. Yeah. Because uh, that would have been like 77, 78. I was like seven or eight. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, because the Ki Kiss, I just listened to their studio records. Right. I think my brother had a live, but I think... At the time, I was probably like, oh, I don't want to hear a lot. I don't know what the... And then Alive 2 came out. Yep. And that had the, the fire. Gatefold, man, yeah. I, yeah, that was the show that the we cats, saw. The cats, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, Drum so now you're bonding with that. Yeah, certainly, yeah. right. And, that, yeah. and then, like, Gene Simmons, like, oh, that, all the that blood. that picture, that's one of the, the best fold. photos of Gene yeah. ever right there. It's yeah. amazing. That, that's, that's an iconic rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. even go beyond, you know, yeah. the that, band and say that's a rock. Yeah, and that album sounds like shit too. Like when you listen to that one now, alive too, it's just yeah. It, it, I mean, it's kind of like uh, like I said, it it part of the problem is that it has to follow the other live record. Right. So yeah. it's gonna be it's you know what I mean. And that record you is can't so help famous. Yourself but rate it once yeah, exactly. again, even though it's not right. fair. You go well, exit stage left is yeah. it? Rushes all the world yeah. stage. Well, you know, Kiss Alive Two is yeah. never going to be Kiss right. Alive. Right? Another uh, pretty early one for me. I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites, but it was a pretty early on that I had it. Was the live, um, uh, the live Aussie record there? Um, the, the one with all the Sabbath songs. The one with um, tribute. No, not tribute. The one, the one where um, Brad Gillis. He's uh, he's on the front like. Spitting out the jelly. Yeah, that's it's supposed to be all blood. This, Yeah, they do all the. Yeah, and they do all songs. the Sabbath tunes, yeah, yeah. and that one freaked me out because at the time that I came across that, the girl that lived next to me had it. Yeah, I didn't know who Ozzy was. I didn't know what Black Sabbath was. Yeah, but you you know, open it up and see those pictures of where they were hanging the dwarf yeah, and all man, that shit, yeah. and it was so eerie and weird that I yeah. was fascinated by it. Yeah. And I was ironically. Like, probably trying to take Kiss Alive and Kiss Alive 2 up another notch. And I was like, like why are they... The live record as a shocking document. Yeah. You know, and, right? and at the time, I didn't really put it together two and two about the idea of it being a... I was only a kid. So, right. uh, a show? Right. So, you're like, what is the significance of hanging somebody on right. stage? A dwarf with the yeah. paint on his face. What is going on? Right. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so eerie. And then, at no point in any of the lyrics or anything is that part of what's going right. on. You have no idea. No, they... Yeah. I don't even think, the funny thing is, though, I don't think he was even part of that, because that was like a, they did like a one-off, like, three nights or something at the, the uh, at a club, in, at the Ritz in New York, mm -hmm. and it was after the Diary Tour, after right. Randy died, and they had Brad Gillis from uh, a Night Ranger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Player. Uh, but when they had that, the, the dwarf, his name was Ronnie. Ronnie, right. Uh, which was like a... a I think it was a thing no, about Dio a, taking Yeah, it was his. about Dio. And they, they would hang him at the during Goodbye to Romance every night yep. at the show. But he was like the 
like Aussies, like uh, very just like, strange. And and they yeah, it was a weird. But then the, yeah, and that picture inside had him with the with the guy. But I don't think he was just the whole. And then it had all the those runes. Yeah, around out, the outside. And even and, as a child, and, you were obviously like that. He's spitting out a mouthful right, of right, raspberry yeah, jelly. Like jelly yeah. I mean, the the marketing folks and the artwork folks at at uh, you know record companies all through the years have had their ups and downs. But sure, definitely. The 70s into the early 80s, they had it down. Yeah, oh yeah. They knew exactly who their customer oh, yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Kiss record that, I mean, there's plenty of Kiss records that are, if, if you just judged it on the music right. alone, pretty tepid. Yeah, yeah. And, and some stuff that was pretty, you know, not not right. fantastic. Yeah. But it was the whole marketing package, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the vision of all of it, that was absolutely, you had to attain it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember feeling that way about yeah. a lot of that stuff. Again, you know, you started to talk about Ozzy and that album, that it disturbed you. You're young. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't really know what's going on. Yeah. The marketing is, again, is working perfectly because you're, of course, you're completely yeah. entranced I, by yeah. it and you want to find out more, even if you're afraid, yeah. right? Like with a Yeah, it's kind of a, like a fear fascination yeah, thing, absolutely. you know? And, like, I and, have to know. Uh, That's how Sabbath felt to me as a kid. Yeah. In general, their whole vibe was like just weird and I mean there was creepy. certainly I almost didn't want to yeah know yeah yeah and right. and you know with with the um with the kiss stuff too it just like you know I didn't get it I didn't understand why they had the costumes and right. what was the to right. me as a kid I remember thinking with like kiss or Aussie with all that stuff that when it when it would become theatrical right. that um in my mind, I couldn't understand how, after pouring over the the lyrics and the art and all this for years, yeah. that none of this stuff was ever explained. Yeah, like it, how it, are you guys it, gonna? It yeah. How right. are you guys gonna go out on stage in these costumes and at no point address that you're in costumes or why right. or what is the significance of the characters or right. and 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 as a kid that mystery was a big deal to me right. like I want and I I remember feeling distinctly like if you studied it hard enough and long enough you would right. get you would figure right. it out right and then of course you do but you just figure out that it's just it's the show it's, right, right. And, it, and those things didn't yeah when like when you get older you realize like Oh, these guys are dressed like this and all the songs are about fucking except right. God of Thunder and I Love Rock or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But then, like, I discovered Iron Maiden where, like, where it was, they had all this cool artwork and all the songs were, like, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, and they were a little more... And, yeah, I want to say the songs themselves and the lyrical content was a little more like sophisticated yeah, yeah. it wasn't just... And, and, you know, like, that was the thing to me with Kiss as a kid was I didn't get the... I, I, I didn't get the the connection between right. what they looked like yeah. and what the music didn't reflect that. Right. Um, but I'll tell you that the, the mystery of it sold me yeah, a bunch yeah, of records right. and made yeah, me interested. Right. And and to this day, you guys both know I'm a massive Ace Frehley fan. Yeah. To this day, and um, that the you know a lot of times with a band, the mystery of something, and that's a lot of times why I don't like certain things too. Yeah, you know, sure. like the Beatles. One of the right. reasons I'm not a huge fan is all the mystery is beaten out of it. it right. There's nothing about yeah, it that everybody doesn't know, yeah. and um, yeah, it's too saturated. It's yeah, too yeah. known. So you'd have to find some other way in. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, um, to, to talk about Iron Maiden, to go back to that for a second, yeah. you know, kind of like an elevation of of Kiss. You're like Kiss is this very again as an adult looking back very simple construct right. of 
of just shock and awe. Yeah. yeah. And, and it works. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, and you either like it or you don't. Right. You're afraid yeah. of it. You can still like it. <laughs> right. You love it. You still like it. But it's shock and awe. Yeah. Yeah. And then Iron Maiden, a little more sophisticated shock right. and awe. Certainly yeah. shock and awe. Yeah. But we're going to take it this way. And, and, and at a certain point, we're taking it too far for some right. people. Yeah. Where yeah. we're starting to give you history it's lessons. Silly. And, right. And, and, yeah. right. So, and it, it, I still amuse people. You know, watching Jeopardy or something yeah, like that, right. and then I'll have a, uh, I'll have a, um, a question about uh, Alexander the Great, right? And they'll say, you know, in what century? I'm like, oh, 300 BC. I'm like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, because, because in Alexander the Great, the lyrics are at the A, G, and C in 334 right. BC, right? I know who, who conquered. I know where he went because of that song. And yeah. like, I, that's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. the honest reason why I know yeah. that is not from remembering yeah. from history class. Right. Yeah. It's, be, it's, it's, it, fucking, it's because of somewhere in time on tape. That's right. On the and way I, to school every that's, day for That's a exactly year. why I know it. Yeah. So again, the shock and awe had now become right. ridiculously yeah. oversophisticated. And right. you're like, are we losing people? I yeah. don't know. You know right. but, but that was fun for me. Yeah. Again, growing up, I'm listening to that at 16. I know. So now I'm ready for something beyond yeah. Kiss. Kiss, yeah. I'm like, it's starting to wane. It's right. not the shock and awe isn't yeah. shocking or awing me anymore. It's now almost taking on nostalgia, right? right. But here, well, Iron Maiden, what's this? Yeah, yeah. Look at this character, and Ryan the character the is is on all the album yeah. covers, and yeah. it's not the band; yeah. it's a separate yeah, thing. It's, a thing. Yeah. it's an identity of the band. The band's yeah. like, we make music and we sing songs, and this guy's this here guy's, to kind of carry this yeah, whole storyline along. You're like, yeah. well, this is much more complicated. Right. I, yeah. I need to get out a notebook and start drawing yeah. these drawings I and know, right? connecting these songs oh, yeah. and making mixtapes of yeah. it, you know? So, again, the, sh the sophisticated shock and awe to take you into those yeah. teen years, you know? And, and some yeah. of that stuff, for me, I guess maybe I'm either still a teenager or it held up well. But, right. you know, know, the maiden to this day, I'm like, I, some of that is still wonderful yeah. to listen to. Yeah. yeah. It still it's, blows my mind. Oh, yeah. It's weird for me to think about me as like a seven year old kid listening yeah. to. Christine 16 like which yeah, is right. Right. Oh, yeah. so, like I'm a little boy listening to like a song yeah. like with a grown man talking about like, plaster caster <laughs> I had plaster. no idea yeah, yeah. what that yeah. meant right. if you want to see my love just ask her right <laughs> oh okay. love gun right yeah. I, I, yeah. I can imagine my parents upstairs listening to us <laughs> playing the record because we would learn the songs yeah. right I'm sure you guys did and then back them up yeah. and then sing them as oh, loud yeah, as we course, could to yeah. each other dressed yeah. up or whatever right. and as soon as I got a drum set playing <laughs> along and even louder right yeah, right and, and we're, here we are singing the Christine, sixteen. I could I could see my dad yeah. upstairs at a table. I wish I could have smoking a cigarette and oh, shaking his head. God, going, what right. are they? What is this? Like when I saw you coming out of the school that day, <laughs> yeah. I, knew I just got to have you. I'm like, right? oh, I've got you to, to have you. I know. And now you're like, Jesus, right. dude. He gets so yeah, I've got to creepy. have you, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Couldn't have cared less when I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah, it it's just funny cool. how that didn't. Yeah, it didn't, that like, was just part of what I was interested in about thing. it, you yeah. know. But yeah, but I th I think the first one I actually f like fell in love with as a live record was uh, Exit Stage Left. Was yeah, like, yeah. And that was my introduction to Rush in, in general. So yeah, I, and that's was, a terrific live record too. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it flows really well, and you know, it, it's it's odd that it does too because it's yeah. taken from so many different shows. Yeah, so many. Right, and there's been you know work done on those like yeah. we've been yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. before. But it sounds but like it, one cohesive. But show. boy, yeah. I tell you, Terry really Brown, did. their longtime awesome. producer back yeah. in the day, did a great job of making a let's make a live document. Yeah. That I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. To make those different shows from different years, yeah. different tours. Yeah. All kind of sing together as right. one thing, and it yeah. did. 
I mean, how many, Brian, how many times have we played that? Over, oh, over. Thousands over of times, yeah. I'm sure we've heard right? it. And we had it, yeah. he, he had the vinyl. Yeah. So that meant I got it, I didn't have to look at my little yeah. tiny tape anymore. Yeah. We got to pour over the record, yeah. even though we'd seen it yeah. and figured it out. And then just flip those records over. One, oh, yeah. two, three, four. And then one, interestingly two, three, enough, four, over and over. Uh, yeah. Back then, you so know, right. every little nuance of the crowd, like, we were, uh, no, couldn't, little and, roar. Yeah, I and, yeah, and yeah. The, the, the pause, yeah. ironically, the pause between flipping it over yeah. to chat with each other, because we wouldn't say a yeah. word. Yeah. We would sit and draw yeah. and listen to side one for 22 minutes. Right. Then we it would go, you know, and hit, yeah. the, hit the runout groove. And we go, dude, ah, oh, that was not great. And we'd talk about stuff and then flip it over. Silence again, yeah, drawing yeah. until the third side, right? Yeah. So we had these little breaks in between. This is a song about a car uh, that's yeah. called Red, Red Bachetta. Right. I mean, we know the banter, right? Um, it's part of the part yeah, of the. Interestingly album. enough, too, with that one, um, I got double bang for the buck on that because I became obsessed with the record. When I was a kid, we were. Um, not not especially well off, put it that way. Yeah. And uh, I never had uh, cable TV until yeah. I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I remember very, very distinctly that some people my parents knew got MTV, got cable, right? Yeah. And they let me go to their house at night yeah. And watch Exit Stage Left because they played oh, nice. the played the concert on yeah. and I had heard about it. Yeah. And said, you know, oh, do you think they'll let me? And my parents had called them up and they said, Yeah. Right. And so seeing it when the first time I saw it, right. I already knew the record very yeah, intimately. Yeah. Right. So it was crazy to be able to physically see it. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah, of course. um and that one nowadays, I, I find it's terribly dark. Uh, exit scene. Yeah, the, yeah, to yeah. the video component of it, it's really hard to yeah. see, and yeah. I don't know if that yeah, was intentionally have, have a, the way they wanted it to be. But yeah. I have one of the more fairly recent, you know, reissues of that on DVD, and they yeah. did the best they could with yeah. it. But that's part of its—I wouldn't even charm, call it charm—but that's right. what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that that. It was always, remember, it was always a frustrating when we first got it on the video cassette, right? Yeah. We eventually became such diehards we had to have it. Yeah. When we first got it on video cassette, um, Brian had it. Yeah. And I think your dad had at that point, or very shortly, no, maybe that was Grace Under Pressure, that video. Boy, that's a great video. Yeah. Remember your dad had that pressure show. gigantic old school big screen TV? Yeah, 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 that projection TV. So we would watch it on that yeah. because it, you know, it was like being in a movie theater. Was that I the mean, one that was like a mini video or something? Was it, or didn't they do like one rush one? It was like a, no, it was just, it was called Grace Under Pressure Live it and it was a VHS tape. Yeah. But what was interesting was about it was until much later yeah. they never made it available as just a record or a tape right, or right. it was only as the only way the to video. hear those songs live from that right. tour was on that video yeah. cassette it's in the other room actually yeah, still. But, but I still why, have that copy of yeah, it yeah. Wa watching Exit Stage Left on, on VHS yeah. one of our most you know because it's kind of shot like a little mini documentary yeah um, so they've got the band members talking about it in between and they've got yeah. their own music as <clears> incidental music right. so they're playing the camera eye, which is this, right. the, the the giant longest song on moving pictures, yeah. a song that Brian and I obsessed about the minute we heard it, yeah. and had been dying to see it live. Yeah. And of course, by the time we were old enough to go to shows, they had abandoned right. that song from their live set. Yeah. 
to be brought back later, and we gladly saw it. To but, good effect. I would but say. at that point, it was gone. So yeah. in that video, they're playing the intro. Yeah. That's yeah. St that staccato military drumbeat yeah, yeah. while Neil's talking over it. And they're showing this video, and they're showing the band setting up, yeah. they're showing the crew bringing the road cases, and it's just building. The, um, again, as somebody, we hadn't seen Rush yet. Yeah. It's so exciting, yeah. you know, yeah. as a fan. And then the way that slow-mo shot of the lights coming up and the crowd standing oh, yeah. they, up when they, it they, they time yeah, They awesome time it to the awesome. intro of, of the camera eye, and yeah. it just has that... Perfect. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Right. And yeah. it just, Crazy. right, the lights go up, and you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for this yeah. video. And you're looking at the back of it, and you're like, where's the camera eye? Right. Oh, maybe they just left it off the credit. Right. It's certainly going to be on here. They're yeah, that was one that the, the fans nope. complained about for decades. Oh, you know, it, like, bring it back. And, and, then they and you know what? I, I'm sure it's not scientific, but I bet if you pulled enough old-school Rush fans, you'd find out, you know what really made me want that song? Was that stupid Exit Stage Ooh, Left yeah, video yeah. where they use it, but right. don't to this use day, it. As a matter of fact, it wasn't uh, very recently, but, I don't know, six months ago or something, I watched it. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it now in a while, but yeah. um, and I remember watching it and that part of it when the lights come up oh. and all that, it still makes the hair stand oh, yeah, up on right. my neck, yeah. you know, like it's such an early memory, yeah, of that it's, band. it's, you know, this it's, is a, it's brilliant, yeah, right? That's and before uh, cell phones, before the internet, before we'd ever even been to in a room with a band, yeah. and I remember so how it's really uh, visceral, you know, that, that it's also crazy how sparse the uh. The production, not the not sound wise, but the production of putting on the show itself is yeah. right. It's three guys, and at that point, I mean, the movie screen at that point to see it, I remember going, "Oh my God, it's like a drive-in screen!" Right? right. But you amazing. watch it now, yeah. and it's little. It's I mean, compared to what their shows later right. became, there's not a lot going right. on. It, right. It's about you know? as rude. I mean, if you tried to do a show like that now, it would be. You'd be doing it with full irony right. and tact. Oh, look, they're broadcasting pole position behind them while they play <laughs> right, again. Right. That's with two red yeah, lights yeah. down on the floor. That's right. all they that got. Right. Yeah. yeah, so that that one's definitely a seminal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an important record. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. I mean, to, it's my Frampton Comes Alive, you know, it's yeah. sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I guess. Which I've never heard. Oh, really? Never yeah. heard yeah. that record. I mean, I know the yeah. single that they used to play I think, with, um, the, with the talk box. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody right. knows that song. Yeah. In... in yeah, and you probably you've probably heard more of it than you think you probably, have. Probably, yeah. Because a lot of what you hear when you hear any Frampton on the radio is right. from it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sidetrack again. There's no official live Boston record, is there? No, See? no. Isn't that insane? Right. In thinking about the you know talking about live records, yeah. you know, we mentioned it amongst ourselves a couple of days ago, and I thought about it, and then I was like, ah, I don't really have anything yeah. to talk about. Oh, I got a bunch to talk about. Right. But it also got me on that track, which is like. What bands don't have, bands yeah. that either I love or that I think should have yeah. a live document that right, don't, don't, I mean, Boston well, yeah, was Boston. such a crazy and, and studio like band, but yeah. also distinguished themselves live yeah. for absolute right. sure. Yeah. If you look at YouTube and see any of it. Yeah, that old, live, yeah, there's that right? live Metalins or some yeah, of the outdoor stadium. Right, there's some fantastic really stuff. Well, like you said, there's How no... How do they not have an official document about right. that? Why is there no... Get it. Why before... The reunion is there no official Van Halen live album yeah. with yeah. David Lee Roth? Now, now that I can answer yeah. because I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because a good a good friend of mine um, back in the day, he was the Van Halen fan yeah. to my Rush fan. Now he was a big Rush fan too, yeah. but he we 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 went off in a couple sure. different directions. Yeah, uh, he liked a lot of the same. He liked Genesis. He liked Rush. He liked Marillion. But he liked Van Halen in the same way, and right. I didn't. Yeah. I only knew a couple things. Right. I liked a couple songs that weren't Jump off of 1984. Right. 
and I also liked Van Halen too, but that's a separate podcast. Yeah. Because I, I, I really would like to center a podcast around that particular I album. Could, I could do Oh, oh yeah, that's, easily. That's, and I know that we could. So yeah. I'll, I'll table that. Yeah. But yeah. regardless of that, that's all I knew. Yeah. You know, yeah. minus the hits. Yeah. He was hardcore into everything. Yeah. Had every bootleg, every video. Right. He had um, bootleg cassettes full of songs that yeah. were originals that yeah. Eddie had written or Alex had written with him, Michael right. Anthony had written, that they never put on a record. Yeah. He, he had dozens yeah, of them. deep. Yeah, so he had he had, he had all these all songs that he had complete albums full right. of songs. You know, I've never no, heard yeah, of any of this, right. but he had lots of lots of live stuff and lots of the stuff that they did very famously and infamously in L.A. Yeah, where they played these, you know, like at the whiskey whiskey right? yeah. early 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 stuff. Well, and it was really party yeah, and, and, and he had yeah. some yeah. some terrible sounding tapes, but yeah. he also had some that were. Really I mean, good. we're talking about this is the late '80s. Yeah. That were like studio quality, right? Yeah, because uh, he, he he spared no expense. That's yeah. how big of a fan he was. Okay, so we're sitting in his car, we're driving around, we're listening to the live, the best of the best of the live tapes yeah. that he had, best sound quality, but were an absolute train wreck. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. The yeah. band the band was so. Um, I guess if you've ever seen any video of early stuff, oh, yeah. you yeah. you get the flavor. Yeah. David Lee Roth is literally running all over the place. Right, yeah, so he's breathless. And, Eddie yeah. is literally got his guitar taped to a strap so he can whip it around his right. head. He's throwing it yeah. across to Michael Michael Anthony's laying on his back with a microphone stand down right. on the floor, yeah. singing into it perfectly, by right. the way. Yeah. Perfect background vocals. Yeah. But the whole thing is it's just chaos yeah. from yeah. go to know, yeah. right? So the first song is like Running With The Devil, right? Yeah. And it's like, running, what? Right. And then there's nothing right. else intelligible, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and the sound is great. Right. But all yeah. you can hear is yeah. the drums, yeah. like double time speed, yeah. and then this, right. yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And it's, thank you, but next I mean, song. That's so, right. But but I mean, by the time we get to like 1984, yeah, they're playing giant places. You're telling yeah. me oh, that sure. at no point did they take any soundboard recordings huh. and decide we should put out a live record? Yeah, that's that very that easy to me. That I that I don't there's know. There's like live without that, a net right. with Sammy Hagar. Right. What I'm saying is my experience of listening to the early stuff live. Yeah. It was hilarious right. in a good way. Sure. Yeah. It was just chaos. So right. any record company, now even if the band had said, "Let's put this out," it's nuts. Yeah. The record company, how do we market this? Yeah. This is, he's swearing on this one. Right. He's not yeah, even yeah. singing the lyrics here. Right. Here he's just going, oh, right. he's just he's just moaning yeah. right. through this. How do we put any of this out? Yeah. I bet you they couldn't. Yeah. You know, Maybe, even if yeah. the band was into it, they'd be like, this is too raw. Too right. Come to the show and check it out. Right. We're not selling it to you. you and the one come they the did show. do after the reunion yeah. is pretty raw. Yeah. Yeah, the Tokyo Dome show is yeah. is pretty. I'll have to, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah, you know, and and it's funny because I really enjoyed it, and yeah. everybody was just endlessly talking about how David Lee Roth can't sing anymore, and I was like, he couldn't really sing to begin with, right? And and when I say that, yeah. you know, I know there's a lot of people who take exception to that. Right. David Lee Roth, for me, was never a fantastic singer. He, but he's a fucking fantastic frontman, yeah. and. <clears throat> Those guys, there's a lot of the punk thing in the live yeah. Van Halen show yeah. that isn't reflected in their music. That's right, right. And I was like, if you've ever heard any bootlegs or anything of, of Van Halen, you would know that actually this is maybe some of the best shit he's ever done live because he's actually singing the songs. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And right. people are all, oh, he doesn't sound like he used to, and it's like, well... First of all, we're talking decades ago. Right, yeah. 
I, I, I thought when I listened to it, I was put it this way. I was way more bummed out by the fact that Michael Anthony didn't Rest play than I yeah. was that Dave yeah. didn't sound great. Yeah, I yeah. thought he sounded fine. Yeah, yeah. I think it the band sounded great, you know, and it was a pro recorded document of right. them live with that group. Yeah. Which makes it even more of a shame that Michael Anthony is not involved. Yeah, they, they couldn't we couldn't have just capped that right, right. there with original right. four guys yeah. and we're moving on. Yeah, well, I mean, that's obviously a running theme with a lot of these bands. Like Black Sabbath, what a travesty yeah. that Bill Ward didn't play at the right. end. And yeah. Come on. I know, it can't yeah. always come together, but you, you're like, in right. your mind, you're like, of course it can. But yeah, yeah. Not always. So what else do you have on your... Uh, I, I wrote down a couple of, of albums because I really, again, we keep bringing this up, I, I didn't think that there were any essential albums that right. were live albums. So yeah. like, well, there's plenty of live albums that I like. Right. Uh, that I really like, yeah. you know, Rush's first live album, <laughs> All the Worlds of Stage, is an album I really like. Yeah. I don't go to it a lot anymore, yeah, yeah. but I did back in the day because it, their their studio albums were so fussed over even in the beginning, oh, yeah. and, and and that's a, usually a good thing. I had no idea how raw they were, and it even just sounds like that. You can there's tell a, how loud. There's a like, grittiness and a hardness, yeah. an aggressiveness that that just got tuned right out of yeah. some of those early albums. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes to good effect by the right. time they got to Farewell to Kings, but right. the early stuff I think took took some hits. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Caress of Steel could have been you know a twenty one twelve, which yeah. was the album after that. Right. That was their third album. I think that could have been yeah. a twenty one twelve like album with the right production yeah. and yeah. emphasis. I think Fly by Night could have been an album that was their second album, their first yeah. first with Neil Peart on the drums, right? That could have been a huge yeah. rock, hard rock record. Yeah. With just you know, Terry Brown was just in his twenties. He's the producer of yeah. those early records, just like those guys were. So he was still learning. Yeah. And they sound wonderful <clears throat> and amazing. Right. I always feel like Caress of Steel was too rock and roll for the prog guys that wanted a concept record. Yeah, and it's too proggy for the rock and roll guys. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. kind of like on this weird fence. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorites, yeah. and it always has Mine been. Too. I think it's it's absolutely the bluesiest record yeah, that they ever did. Out of the first three, that's my, my oh, favorite. Oh, right, and I think a lot of Rush fans feel that way. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the, it's a nice kind of dark corner album. Yeah, you're like, they're still really early. They're still yeah. having a good time with some stuff, but man, it gets really crazy on yeah. side two. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. starts to take awesome. off. And, yeah. and, they, and you, for young guys, no one at the bridge doing I stuff know. like that, you yeah. know, some of the chord changes and that's, what they were doing, it's, it's yeah. pretty intense stuff and it's fun. But yeah. That's the one thing about, like, we talk about, like, we've talked about before is like discovering these bands and going backwards but right i always like wish not wish but like imagine being a rush kid and that, like that first gets that first one it's like oh this is pretty cool and then you're along for that whole for the whole ride like, right you know and there is bands like that for us that we sure you know, absolutely that started we were, started know, with day one right right put on a record and, and keep going yeah been so, with them ever since you know yeah. or some that picked up in the middle and still it's been a long long right, time right, you know yeah. people yeah. you know that are that are young are like you went to see them right. 10 years before yeah. I was born? I know, right. I'm like, yeah, and I was already late to the game yeah, by 10 yeah. years. Yeah, you know, right. right. I'm, a yeah. new, I'm still a new guy right. at the show. Yeah. I bump into people and they've got, you know, right. Hemispheres tour t-shirts on. I Remember know. that? Yeah, we, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. We go to shows. Show, right? Oh my yeah. God, that guy's got a Farewell to King shirt. <laughs> right. But <laughs> And that was before, way back and before the day where any band's merchandising, you know, you, you can go on to some band's website right now. You, you can go buy a t-shirt from Judas Priest with the first album cover. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, Back now, in the day, if you yeah, had a you Hemisphere shirt, you, you were at the show, you were period. You were at the show. Right. Or, or you knew somebody and you yeah. bought it from them. There yeah. was really no other way yeah. to get that. And if so you, you were like, to, oh, old yeah. school. If you right. went to like the t-shirt like 
iron-on place or whatever, right. you'll get a Rush shirt that says Rush. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And just the logo or and, whatever. And every fan knew where you got it, yeah. too. And that was okay. You were yeah, representing, yeah. but that wasn't a tour t-shirt. No. Yeah, it was a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything with dates on the back, and, and you know, right. I, I would just go weekend and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, how did he get that? Yeah, well, yeah. I was 18 <laughs> in 1976, so yeah. I saw the 2112 tour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when we first started seeing Rush live, like in 84, 85, right, we were still seeing people with, you know, Second and third album tour right, shirts, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, twenty-one, twelve tour shirts, and guys that had been yeah. with the band for at that yeah. point just ten years. Yeah. Yeah. We're walking around yeah, at, the, think about at the concert hall, and it's crazy. You're like, yeah. that was a shirt from that tour. Yeah. And that was a guy who was, you know, sixteen, yeah. seventeen, eighteen when that. Tour and then was. later, and now he's twenty-eight. Yeah. Which is very young, right? right? And yeah. we're hanging out with these fourteen-year-old guys like us. We're going, dude, that shirt's great. And he's like, isn't it great though, man? They were awesome back right. then. Yeah, and it's happened. Ended up happening to me where some kid would come up to me at a rush show, yeah. and be like, no, you didn't see Power Windows. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought, you, you bought that at a show? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I, I have this really. So uh, you end up being that guy eventually. Yeah. If you stick around long enough, yeah. yeah. I, 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 in '85. Rush was really at the height of their merchandising. Yeah. They had like 40 shirts on that yeah, tour. Right. And, and one of the styles in the 80s, I mean, you know, was, was those big 4XL shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I bought a big 4XL shirt that yeah. just had the kid with the, um, oh, the binoculars, right? Yeah. It looked like Stuart Copeland just yeah. looking yeah. out yeah, yeah. With, with Rush at the top. And that was it. Yeah. It was giant and white and just had that kid on yeah. it, right? And of course, I didn't wear it. I right. wore it once and it was like a, you know, yeah. dress. dress right. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not wearing this. And right. all these years later, I, of course, I still have it, of course. Yeah. I think it might have been Snakes and Arrows tour. So, so 2002 yeah. or maybe R30 2004, yeah. one of the Rush tours. It, it, it was, it, it fit because yeah. it was a 4XL back then. Right. It didn't fit great, right. but enough so that I could put it on yeah. and be that guy at the show finally for <laughs> and people were flipping out because right. a it was a rare shirt right. even back then nobody bought it right and b that's so old man it's 2004 yeah. 85 right. were you at that show i'm like how old were you 15 i'm like exactly I yeah, yeah. i had a uh, yeah it was depeche fun to be mode. that guy oh, yeah, you know i had a depeche mode t-shirt like that from a show from the 80s right like 86 something or really something. old right and that was like the thing was like uh the oversized, the giant the shirts. Big yeah. blouse shirts, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, Frankie say relax. Yeah, right? yeah. Frank, yeah. Frankie yeah, says I'm the homeless. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So that that big giant T-shirt, you know, <laughs> Culture Club had everybody. Right. Yeah. 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 But the, I, I'd say if we're talking about uh, albums that are live that are essential. Yeah. To me, the earliest one, and I don't mean by exposure, but I mean by earliest is like date when it came out. Yeah. Is uh, Jazz at Oberlin mm -hmm. by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Okay. That's 1953, long yeah. before my okay. time. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, when I was getting into jazz, Dave Brubeck kept coming up. Yeah, every, yeah. Just about everybody knows right. Take Five, whether they know it or not. Right. They yeah. know it. Yeah, plus growing up being drummers, yeah. Joe Morello immediately, yeah. you were like, oh, bah, 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 heard, heard of him, didn't care. Yeah. But it kept bumping into me. And, and, you know, as I was skirting around jazz and just, I started with fusion. Yeah. Jazz. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I really wasn't into the stuff from the 30s, 40s, right. 50s until way later. Yeah. It was all 70s and 80s stuff because yeah. it, it was marrying up with what I liked in rock music at the yeah. time. Yeah. So every time I heard John Lupani or Weather Report or Kazumi yeah. Watanabe, I'm like, this is like prog music yeah. just without right. the vocals, yeah. Yeah. right? This is like Genesis. And yeah. then I started seeing, oh, the guy that plays live with Genesis is on this John Lupani right. record. Yeah. And the yeah, guy yeah. that does this is the, and so forth, right? Yeah. But eventually, 
those seeds drift back. If you stay interested long enough, you're like, why do I keep hearing about this Dave Brubeck guy? Right. Yeah. And that Jazz at Oberlin record had to be, if it wasn't the first, it's one of the first yeah. records that I got by him, and I became a fan right away. Yeah. And that record, like we were talking about earlier, has that, it was recorded at a college, yeah. and a bunch of young hipsters were there to check out the jazz. Right. And Dave was doing something, I didn't know this when right. I bought it, but Dave and the band were doing something new at that time. in jazz. They were getting away from bebop, and they were improvising a lot, yeah. and it was new and fresh, and mm -hmm. it was this West Coast thing. So you think about young college kids digging yeah. you know jazz today you know, yeah of course they do but not in this way it was yeah. much more concentrated so here's this gig that they're going to play at this college and again we're talking about maybe one or two mics i'm sure at the time right. and it's just got that room feel you can yeah. feel this almost like a gymnasium yeah because you can hear people in the sound field right. when you listen to it way in the back you can tell something interesting is going on, yeah. like somebody's ripping off a solo that right. must look really intense, because you'll hear people all of a sudden, one, two, three, four, five at a time in the audience go, oh, 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 whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. wow, yeah. and snapping their fingers and stuff, <laughs> just getting really excited, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. you know, as a solo, or, or, or preempting the end of a solo, right. yeah. you know, somebody sounds like it's coming to a, a place in the song where in your brain you're thinking, and then they would go, right? And they're going there, but they're not done. Right. So they preempt the clap, and then they stop because oh, they right, realize right. they yeah, 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 yeah. That's There's awesome. There's a lot of though that give and take with the audience, and the yeah. audience is very vocal. Yeah. And you can hear people say things like, "Yeah, right on." They're getting so into it, and yeah. that's for me. I didn't pick up the record because it was right. live. Yeah. It was probably cheap, and I yeah, like yeah. the you know monochrome album cover. Right. But after hearing it one time, yeah, I went oh, right man. back and played yeah. it again. I'm like, that was, yeah, I yeah. mean, awesome. I was probably in my 20s when yeah. I heard it, and it was blowing my mind. Yeah. I mean, I knew what live records were. Right. I knew what jazz bands were, but I'd never heard anything like that. That, 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 you know, uh, intimate. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. It, right. You know, I mean, All the World's a Stage, the first Rush Live album, isn't very intimate. It is right. kind of. Yeah, yeah. But it's raw and abrasive, right? right? I was listening to rock music live. Yeah. Well, sure. You know, so this was the first record that's felt... Yeah. almost smaller in a club yeah. and you could hear individuals right. yeah. going that's awesome they, they, I love, they were saying uh, the same thing I love Brubeck and, and obviously yeah. Joe Morello too I'm going to have to hear it I've never heard that yeah, record. It's, it sounds it's, amazing yeah. Yeah. If, if I was going to say there's one an essential one Brubeck album that anybody should have if you yeah, just yeah. even remotely like jazz yeah. that's the one and you could be done yeah. if you never listen to anything else you'll be sorrier for it yeah. but you'll have gotten the best yeah, that's, yeah. that's the one to dig into um, and it's, uh, you know, I've got, of course, because that's the way I am, I've got dozens of other Brubeck records. Yeah, and lots of live stuff, too. Yeah. Chasing that live taste, right? Yeah, of yeah. that first record, you go, right. well, he's got 17 live right. records. Yeah. i got to check those out. Yeah, I mean, and then one by one, as I talked about earlier, you know, there's one that's recorded and there's a mic that's too close to his mouth. Right. And so he's humming along tunelessly, and I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm kind of out of this one. And yeah. that, that yep. goes into the forget yeah. about it bit or... A uh, live one where the song selection isn't yeah. really good, or they were. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a um, the only other essential Dave Brubeck isn't an album, it's a video yeah. that they did in Germany, mm -hmm. and they do a song called Forty Days, which is on one of his later albums after after uh, Take Five. Okay. Um, so maybe into the late '50s, early '60s, but yeah. a song called Forty Days. I've tracked it down on the record, the studio version. It's fine, yeah. oh, but yeah. the live version that they did in Germany is it's one of those transcendent moments you, you yeah. can't yeah. talk about it right. you just have to either experience it or you don't right, right. it's it's so good and 
there's a solo that that Dave takes the song down as a piano player. He's it, it's one riff over and over yeah. again. It's yeah. complicated. Yeah. And it kind of goes into play, and you can sing it along in your head. And once you once he's the band has established it, yeah. you get the song, and that's the whole song. Yeah. But they stretch it out to like ten minutes. Right. Yeah. And you know Desmond takes a sax solo, and of course he's beyond reproach. The guy's got yeah. a ridiculous <laughs> yeah, yeah. tone. Um. But Dave, when Dave gets to his piano solo, he takes the song down and down and down. It's one of those classic, you know, loud, quiet, right? Yeah. Be, in, in the 1950s, long before Nirvana got to it or, right. or any other band right. ever got to loud, quiet, or the Smashing Pumpkins got involved, Pixies, right? Yeah. Dave bringing it down and down and down. And the song's getting quieter and quieter. We're still doing the motif, yeah. and he's soloing. And then, literally, out of nowhere, it becomes uncomfortable. He starts bashing the yeah. piano with these block chords that are dissonant, that don't make any sense. Angular and... And the band's just kind of humming along in the background, going... Just, just, just bubbling. And he's just... And you're like, what is going... It's almost funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And almost... Is he having a nervous breakdown? Yeah, yeah, right. He's taking it to a place he Are they going to go, excuse me, right? Are the German folks filming this going to go, excuse we have to stop the take now because you are having problems with the You do not like the piano? It is broken now? And he's literally breaking the... And it's just, it's not making any musical sense. Right. And he's just going at it with this dissonance all off time. And, of course, he's got an idea, but you don't know that. The first time I watched it, I'm along for the ride. And then... He finally brings it into this solo where it's all chords. Yeah. There's no single lines, there's no monophonic runs, nothing. It's just an entire cascade of chord on chord on chord on chord. And it's fast, 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 fast. You couldn't believe that anybody could play right. chords on it. If you ever tried to play a piano yeah. and you're not a piano player, it's really hard right. to press down on a weighted key piano and make a chord with right. three, four, five fingers. And he's running this whole entire cascade is the best way I can describe it, of chords and chords on top of each other as, as, as the song huh. builds at the end of the solo. So he takes this smashing, I've deconstructed these chords for you, I've smashed it to the ground, I've presented them as blocks, yeah. and now I'm going to build something right from these blocks. Watch yeah, that's this. Awesome, yeah. And he builds it in front of you, and it's not a wall, it's a castle. Right. Like right in front of you in like 15 seconds. You're like, right. okay, I'm out. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I will never see anybody, right. any musician play anything like that. Then that's the... That transcendent moment in music, when you yeah. see something like that, yeah. like, okay, I'll never see that again. Right. That's, I, nobody and, can and, do that. And the same exact piece of music would not have the same impact if it had been a studio recording. Right. I had to see it. There's something that was part right, of it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's Just where the to live it, like, part right. of it comes into play sometimes, mm-hmm. where yeah. it changes uh, your perception of what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Is different. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, for uh, Brian, for an essential? Absolutely live essential. Record. This is probably a weird right. one. Um, to people is uh is it's a sammy davis jr live album it's called that's all yeah and uh two album set um it's 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 at uh, recorded at the sands hotel in mm-hmm. vegas yeah and uh it's it's absolutely mental it, it it's like uh from from go it it covers so much ground that uh, it has every single thing that you want it to have in it right. from incredible musicianship the band is ridiculous right to he you know you know one of the things about Sammy Davis Jr that that always 
was a big deal to me was that it seemed like there was no artistic talent that this dude didn't have. Yeah, he can sing, he can act, he can do comedy, he can dance, he could play five instruments. It, you know, it, right. and he does that throughout the course of the, the show. Right. And uh, he's so on point, like his voice is so good, his interaction with the crowd, the banter is almost better than the music. The things right. that he says, the things that he comes up with. Um, at one point, one of my favorite parts of the record is that Frank Sinatra is in attendance at the show. He's yeah. there. And he says, uh, you know, I, I think everybody's aware that, that there's somebody here that needs to be introduced. And, you know, I don't think there's any point in pretending he's not here. So we're going to go ahead and do that. And he's, he's one of my best friends in the world. Tom Mix, who uh, <laughs> probably people won't know is a old, like, silent era movie Right. Cowboy. Right. And of course the crowd laughs and he goes, No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, you know, and he's like, It's Frank Sinatra and the crowd goes bananas and Sammy Hey, 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 come on, take it easy. You wanna know the truth? Without Dean he's nothing. <laughs> and and right. from the oh. crowd you hear Frank, he goes, You're through and <laughs> it it's it's incredible. Right. And uh he's and like, it's like his butt it's like it's like us going to see Exactly, you know, like, yeah. And and you're right. through, kid. Right, and they're busting each other's right. they're busting yeah, balls right. the whole time, right. yeah. and um, and and that's amazing. And then later in the in the show, uh, he he introduces, you know, apparently, he says there's actually quite a few people here tonight, and we'll get around to acknowledging all of them sooner or later. Now I'm sure at the show he pointed out whoever else was there. The only other person on the album is on the second disc is uh, is Buddy Rich. Who comes up on stage to play a song with with Sammy? Right. And Buddy, of course, you know, notoriously a, a prick. Right. And he's like, ah. And, and Sammy's like, hey, I did it for you the other night. You know, just do it. Just come up here. <laughs> and he does. And then Sammy goes, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do. We're gonna go a little long, Frank, because you know, uh, I should point out we're recording tonight for Mr. Sinatra's label, Reprise Records. He goes, yeah. Can you br can you bring the vibraphone out? And he ends up playing this fucking vibraphone thing with Buddy Rich. Yeah. And you're like, what an incredible moment. Yeah. And it's one of those records, too, where everything about it to me is perfect. Yeah. Every the, the, the album cut, the art, the way yeah. it's laid out, the yeah. song list. It, yeah, so to me, it's absolutely essential. And, yeah. and I would tell anybody that has even a mild interest in it, if you could track that record down, yeah. that right. that is essential. So absolutely. that's one I have to add, because I, I love Sammy. And yeah. I, again, I've only ever come across him uh, passively. Yeah. So, right. So, and I'm a and fan, like, uh, somebody pointed out to me once, they're like, you're kind of like with Sammy Davis Jr., the way people are with Elvis. Yeah. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, it's not as, like, I, it isn't a weird thing, like an obsessive thing. Right. But it's just one of those, yeah, guys that I latched onto at some point early, yeah, and right. just continued to. I'm sure I saw him when he was on, you know, reruns on All in the Family. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, of course. And, and I, and I know, I guarantee, I saw him on uh, uh, Carson when I would oh, sneak yeah. down. Oh sure. My parents would see me and go, okay, you yeah. can watch a little bit of it. It was a little too adult for me, but if I snuck down, yeah, you know, to the while they were watching TV late at night, they'd let me watch a little bit yeah. of it. So I, I'm sure I knew who he was. So by the time I was in record buying mode yeah. as a young teenager, if I saw one of his tapes or something, and it was fifty cents a buck, yeah. twenty five cents at a yard. So I'd start picking them up. 
Yeah. You know, they had funny names on them. I didn't know anything about anybody like yeah. that. I'm like, that's my parents, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, generation and era. So I may not like it. But for right. this money, I'll get it. And what, Candyman? What is, what's Candyman? What, yeah, what is what, right. right? Like so, one of his, yeah. Right. So I didn't know. So I'd buy the tapes. And then, of course, if you've ever heard any of his music... No, all across right. the board, yeah. you know, some of it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, and, and some of it's ridiculous, and yeah. I mean that in both ways. Some of it's of incredibly well done, and, and yeah. it's really polished, and it's amazing virtuosity. Yeah. And some of it's really silly. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah, a, yeah. I bought a CD in my early twenties, and it was one of those, you know, rehash CDs that he had right. nothing to do with. Yeah, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Some record company just put it out. Yeah. And it had a song called The People Tree on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And, yeah. and it's this, it almost sounds like a Sesame Street song, yeah. right? So that was back in the day when anything that was weird or amusing amused yeah. me. But along the way, I became a fan. And so into my adult years, record shopping, you'd go through and all of a sudden you'd be in that D bin and the, yeah. his records would pop out. And nobody cared yeah. at that time. And he had a million records. Yeah. So you just keep yeah. picking them up one by one. But over, the, over time, what started as... That's just kind of funny. Right. And it's just kind of a, a niche thing. And you yeah. put it on and people go, what's that? You know, right. amuse your friends on a mixtape. Right. I started to become a fan. I'm yeah, like, totally. You know like, what, though? Right. Yeah. There, and there's, I, I, there's some deep the songs. All yeah. of a sudden, you get the right album. Yeah. Like you said, on Reprise. And it's an album from, like, 66. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I've got this great album. I forget the name of it. I'm going to. That's all right. It's just, I bought it for the cover. And, yeah. of course, I knew who Sammy was. Right. And it's this very stylized 70s. It almost looks like a, you know, sunset. It's black, yeah. and it's got this big red orange circle. Yeah. And he's smoking a cigarette, and he's got, you know, he's, it's it's in this, uh, you know, kind of pop art style. Right. You know, yeah, where, yeah. where he's he's in silhouette and you looks know, like a Blue Note album. Yeah, and he's right. all purple and stuff, and it's just yep. you, you're like, wow, that cover alone. Yeah, yeah I yeah. had it framed in my wall for like 20 years. Nice. Just yep. just, but you put the record on, you're like, ah. Kind of for me like Neil Diamond, which started as a joke in the yeah. same way. It was just something funny. My parents liked yeah. it. Yeah, and but some then of the stuff was silly, but then like there are some good cuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. This guy actually yeah, I love the Greek album. That's a, that's a good right. Album. Along along with some of the overplayed stuff right. or yeah, the Hot August know, Night is good. Or the too. pot song, August. you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Neil Diamond's got some silly stuff. <clears throat> along the way you realize there's a reason why these guys lasted so long yeah. even back in the day yeah. was there were some legitimate yeah, songs yeah. in there so on, you become a fan both ways which yeah. is fun on our yeah. record too one of the things he does that I think is uh, is is amazingly uh, it, it's always amazed me listen, I just listened to it the other day um, it's always amazed me the confidence he had in himself that in periodically in the songs he will leave the I don't know how to really explain it. He he'll he'll start injecting comedy into a song yeah. where there you know um, there's a song on there that he does and he's singing um, and he's it's totally serious and he's singing it and he's like uh, the the line in the song is there's a voice that comes in the night that that tells you it's a song about um, you know not having self-confidence about the voice in the back of your head that tells you you shouldn't do things yeah, right yeah. and he's singing and he's like and it's that voice that comes in the night and it whispers in your ear don't you know you're a little fool you'll never win and then he goes right back into doing it right and uh there's a whole part on it where he talks about his drummer about this guy michael silva the drummer yeah 
and he does a medley of like four or five songs that go for it's it's a song it's comedy it's a song it's this funny it's a song and the entirety of the medley is nothing but him and the drummer huh right and as a drummer myself of course i i go right after that but but think about having a, a whole band on stage a large band i yeah. mean with horns and everything yeah. and having those guys all just take five for right. ten minutes yeah, while yeah. you do a comedy music medley with right. just the drummer That's right. and have it be that entertaining that nobody's going ah oh, we really gotta yeah. you know it, it it's a fantastic Sammy record. came from vaudeville is that right right yeah as far as I know I mean yeah I, yeah I don't of course. know yeah. I'm not deep on him except I've liked him for yeah. since time. he was and since he was a very very little kid right, right. Yeah. yeah so so there's a lot of that showmanship in anything live he's gonna do right yeah. he's not gonna just co- get up there on stage and sing 20 songs and leave. Yeah. Right, no. It's going to be a show. Yeah. It is with a, a show. capital S, right? He also yeah. does a yeah. number of. Uh, and he's a really funny guy. Oh, he's I, hysterical. I, and, and another yeah. thing he does on that show that's amazing is, again, uh, even now talking about it, I'm like, I can't believe this. So uh, there's even more. He, he, he does a song. Um, I don't know the name of the song, to be honest. I, I, I should, but I don't. It's. Uh, it's a song where he's telling the bartender, you know, set him up, Joe. It's been an awful day, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he does the song in the style of four or five different people. And I, I swear to you, if you played any of these for somebody and told them it was who he's doing, yeah. you would buy it. Right, right. right. And one of them is Frank. Huh. And I'm like, he's going to do Frank right? Yeah. in front of Frank, <laughs> in Frank's hotel, right? And uh, it is absolutely incredible to yeah. hear him do these huh. songs by, uh, you know, and he's like, can you imagine? That's how he does it. You know, like, right, right. like imagine if so-and-so did the song and he does Dean oh, doing does. it. Oh, that's funny. You know? Is that one for my baby? Is that with a set him up, Joe? Yeah, exactly. And he does it with, uh, he goes, or he goes, or imagine if, you know, famous actors, he goes, what if they cut records? Like, what, what if, what if? Humphrey Bogart did it, right. and it's amazing. Yeah, and he he's it. so good at doing the impersonations yeah. that the the Dean Martin one is insane. He's yeah. because you know, of course, in his rendition of a Dean is hammer drunk, and right. and he's like, you know, Joe, Joe, how long have we been here? <laughs> Which way is the audience? You know, like yeah, right. and. It's amazing to me. You like so the guy can sing, he can do everybody else's act. That's right. And make you think it's them. Right. He can dance. He's gonna gonna play the vibe. He's not just gonna play the vibes. He's gonna play a vibe solo with, with Buddy, Buddy Rich. Rich. Right. Like and I every time I listen to that record, I'm like, it's one of the most incredible entertainers probably to ever live. I mean, yeah, he right. mostly forgotten. Well, and you know what's right. crazy about it is to me, and again, this is something a lot of people would disagree with. As far as the Rat Pack goes, I think he's the better of all of them. He's, yeah. I mean, Frank is amazing. I love Frank too, but Frank and Dean and the, they're one trick ponies. They right. do their thing, and it yeah. is what it is. Right. Sammy's got everything. He yeah. he just, and of course, it's not lost on me, and I don't think it should be lost on anybody that to come to where he came from, considering you know he's a black Jewish dude. Right. Who came up in vaudeville? I mean, it doesn't get much tougher yeah. than to, yeah. to break out of anything right. than that, right. and to come out on the top of it just being incredible yeah. is 
And that record captures that. It yeah. really, really does. I, I, one, of, one of my favorite pieces of video, you and I have watched it, Brian, many the times. Gregory Hines. Is when yeah. Gregory Hines is at the uh, Grammy Awards or, or the Oscars or something yeah. like that. It's, no, it's it's a celebration of him. Was it a celebration? It's like a lifetime achievement thing for uh, Sammy. Oh, Sammy, uh, yeah. yeah. I, it, it's obviously a, a, a well-produced and well-attended, right. formal gathering at a very nice place. You know, right. I always forget Yeah, where. people wearing, you know, tuxedo. Absolutely, right, right. right. And Sammy's, you know, near the end. He's not yeah, in great health. He's sickly and... You know, he's like 60 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and Gregory Hines is, is honoring him and talking about what, how, how inspirational he's been. Mm. And, and Gregory Hines does like a tap dance. Yeah. And Sammy was f well famous for yeah. being a tap dancer. And he does this tap dance and, and, as a tribute which is phenomenal because right. Gregory Hines is an amazing yeah. musician no, and yeah. actor and awesome. dancer. Yeah. Of course. So he, he encourages Sammy to come up, and I'm sure that they had talked about it. Yeah. But Sammy's reluctant. He doesn't want yeah. to, but he pulls him out of the audience. And, and he he's in. Him. He's not in great shape. Like, he needs two people to help him they, put they, his right. tap shoes on. They do on. Yeah. gingerly take him up to and, and, right, and put his shoes on. Yeah. And Gregory puts his shoes on. Of course, he starts to kiss the shoes, and Sammy's right. like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. giving him the, come on, right? right? But they start doing it. And, and again, Sammy not only can do it, but even at that stage, at that he's starting to, they're starting to go back and forth. Tap it, tap it, tap. And then Sammy's like, yeah. And then Gregory's like, I'll take that one deeper. And he starts doing so. And then Sammy just takes that and yeah. says, Oh, you're going to do that? And does this, you couldn't do it, right? right? Nobody has feet that fast, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Especially not who when cares about tap dancing. On the but, deathbed. Right. And, like, and, and who cares about tap right. dancing? But you're watching this. And he does this whole thing, and he nails it. And Gregory Hines is like, I I'm not going any further than that. Right. I can't. Like, like you can tell he wants to. Right, right. And then while he's thinking that, in that moment, Sammy takes a heel click and goes, click, click, just kind of to put the... To end, right, to, yeah. to exclam And Gregory yeah. Hines loses Gregory just it. walks just, away. That's it. And it's, it's, he, uh, he's done. He kisses the shoes, and it's all over. But yeah. it's, even at that point, Sammy Davis Jr. It was, was one of those talented guys. Yeah. He's like, until my last breath. I'm going to make this right. way up here. Yeah. The rung is way up here. There's a live, uh, famous... Uh, and that's a joy to see and, and oh, to yeah. listen to. And that's yeah. probably why that live record, i got to get it. Yeah, you got to so hear it. now I have to have it. Um, <laughs> here we go. phenomenal. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and I have multiple live records by Sam. They're all good. Right. There aren't any of them that are terrible. Right. But this one the is one. the one. Yeah, the and uh, yeah. yeah, there's also a clip on YouTube of uh, Sammy was hosting some show i want to say in the 70s early 70s and he does a bit it's maybe like 10 minutes of him with james brown oh wow that is mind-boggling i've seen that it, it's, it's fantastic it's incredible and sammy's like again he just can morph yeah. into yeah. oh yeah i can i could play a vibe solo with buddy rich right but i can also come out here and do a dance number with james brown yeah, and i can also sing exactly like frank sinatra <laughs> yeah. No, Just so, in case you were interested in what do you, it. What do you got? That's going to segue perfectly into So we, we're going to cut this short because you're going to take off. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think this one will become a, we should do a second part because sure. I, yeah. I really want to talk. Yeah, I, I've like, got a couple more yeah, that need yeah. to be mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my essential one is actually, it's a James Brown record called oh, excellent. Uh, Revolution of the Mind. Wow. It's, uh, it's like volume three of uh, Live at the Apollo. Okay. Yep. 71. And this is when he started, like, Live at the Apollo one and two are the you know those are supposed to be the essential right. ones and I love that era of him that's more the soul R and B yeah absolutely but this is when he like started doing funk music 
Yeah. Right. And the interaction with the crowd. It's like recorded. Is it with the summer. JBs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Fred awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. But the interaction with the band, there's a song called the Escapism. It's like a uh-huh. whole side. And it's basically just like the funkiest thing you'll ever hear and him like talking to the band, introducing them. Okay. And asking them where they're from and this and that. Like one of the guys is like, uh, I'm from LA. And they're all like, you hear the band go, oh, boo. And he's like, right. oh, shit, I, I, I'm having second thoughts about this guy. <laughs> and he's like, LA, huh? And he's like, oh, jeez. And then like, you know, he goes on for a little while and he goes, all right, let me ask you one more time. Where were you born and bred? And, you know, the guy goes, L.A., that's Lower Alabama. And the fucking crowd <laughs> yeah. and him and James Brown's like, ah, my God. You know, like, <laughs> but, it's, and it's, but it's like just this really sort of just steady thing with him, like, talking to this yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, it's, and, ja- and of course, James and, Brown also, again, the consummate yeah. professional, just showman, just yeah. Yeah, riveting, is, you know, yeah. to, to see live. To hear sing yeah. uh, live, yeah. Um, so I'm sure I've I don't know if I've ever heard that particular record, but obviously yeah, record I will is, now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's because one, that's uh, my go-to for like just if I want to play someone. Like, like right, yeah, yeah. This is that's where you, we're going to go deep here yeah, on yeah. this particular time, yeah, yeah. and then you can pull backward and forward yeah, from there. Yeah, I, I got into James doing this, basically the same thing that I did with Neil Diamond, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, I found a tape or a record or a CD that was very inexpensive. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't just with those guys. It was with thousands of or right. hundreds of bands anyway. Um, just take that flyer based yeah. on nothing more. But I know who this guy is. Yeah. I know people know who he is. Yeah. I've never heard a song by him except anything that was used in a movie. Right. That was on right. I feel yeah. good. Right. Maybe right. I knew that, right? Yeah. So I'd buy these, you know, one-off tapes that were made by, you know, these gray area record companies yeah. and there's tons of them put oh, these comps together yeah. and sometimes you got you just something good you hit you, one you, you found yeah. that sweet spot yeah. where it was oh these were all the extended takes that they right. used to do that they didn't put on yeah, the records Paul didn't want to put, right. didn't yeah. put it out so, so these are the seven and ten minute long yeah. you know and I found this tape called Super Bad Super Slick yeah. by oh, yeah. James Brown and it was again that, that kind of you know early to mid 70s yeah. stuff yeah. and you know, um, like Papa Don't Take No Mess. Oh, right? yeah. Which has yeah. got, that, that, that's a drum beat that should have, and maybe it has been. I, I don't know a lot of, of hip hop and rap, but that particular drum riff yeah, it's Papa don't take should, no should have been sampled a million oh, times. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. can hear it in my head. Yeah. What's I, can, the, uh, I can think of an EPMD song. See, I, I, knew, yeah. I knew anybody yeah. who knew yeah. that yeah. and was deep with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody oh, yeah. sampled James Brown, even yeah. a deep song like that, oh, yeah, right? yeah. or uh, Funky President. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah well, I mean, also, like 1974 is like my favorite. Like yeah, the Black Caesar, which I think had that that song. Yeah, like, this was just out in New York City. Yeah, yeah. You know, like this was just one of you know uh, um, hot cakes. Yeah. Hot cakes, For goodness right? sakes, just look at those cakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Goodness yeah. sakes. Again, <laughs> and the band, right? It's right? a ridiculous, silly cakes. song. <gasps> right. Right. It's <laughs> ridiculous, right? But the band is cooking. Yeah. And they're the so yeah. good, right. and it's so tightly produced yeah. that it doesn't matter what James. Yeah. It's the phone. Right. It's a phone book syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah. He reads the phone book. I'm in. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and years later, I mean, I played that tape into the ground. Yeah. Basically, I ground it to dust. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I w- when I was working in a shipping and receiving department, yeah. and I played it for everybody oh, yeah. that worked there, yeah. and they always oh he's playing James Brown today, and I just flip it over and over and over again yeah. until people said please stop yeah. with the James Brown and let somebody else play something. Um, so he, I, I, I destroyed yeah. it. Right? right, I still have it somewhere. I can't find yeah. it, but I know I have it. I lost the case. Yeah, yeah. So 
many, many, many years later, I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. Hadn't been thinking about it for a long time. I found the CD version. Nice. Same artwork, same color. Right. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get back into this. Different mixes. Because oh, again, really? yeah. oh, this yeah. isn't okay. officially sanctioned. Yeah. It's right. a gray area. Yeah, it's, um, you know. So Italian even though it's. Label. Yeah, yeah, right. Something right. like that. So even though it's got all the same songs. Right. And I'm like, why do these sound different? Yeah. Yep. You know? And again, this, I, this is probably pre, just pre-internet. Yeah. So flash forward many years later, and I'm going through my CDs and sorting them, and I'm like, oh, there's that super bad. You know, I never bonded with that again because it's, right. it's different mixes. And right. like, what was on the tape yeah. was what was hot. That was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So I took it down again and listened to it. I'm like, well, they're close enough. And, then, right. and of course, now there's the internet. And I can look, oh, okay. So this yeah, gray area label that did all these things, they did this one. When they did the tape, they got them from the original master tapes. Right. And when they did the CD, they got them from the, the LP right. cuts. Yeah. And they were all six minutes instead of 10 minutes and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So now the only way that all of those songs that I remember them are ever going to be reproduced again is if right. they're on some box set, yeah. which they may not even be, right. or they're on that tape. Yeah. So that tape becomes put yeah. to the side in my yeah. mind as one of those grail tapes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to find it or track it. Now, yep. nobody has it. Nobody right. cares about it. Yeah. Nobody's keeping it in a plastic yeah. bag because it, wasn't, it, right. yeah. it wasn't that record. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's got the CD now, right. and it's the same cover right. art. So right. they've dismissed. They don't know, you know. Yeah. It's seven guys in the world that oh, know yeah. that there's two yeah, different yeah. mixes there, and I'm one of them. Right. Yeah. So if anybody <laughs> has Super Bad, Super Slick by James Brown on a crappy cassette, I'm your man. Look at yeah, let him. Yeah. Let him know. I, get, get in contact with, with uh, yeah. Sammy. Have it. As a collector, it's been fun because so many of those exist at that nobody cares about. That's You're right. able to build a pretty big collection because yeah. it's yeah. a buck isn't, here and a buck isn't there. That exciting. And it's amazing. You, you and you start um, to see artists that people have largely yeah. forgotten or right. dismissed. It's just not even yeah. if it's not in fashion for whatever reason. Right. right. And all of a sudden, I mean, you could never build a, a huge stable of Frank Sinatra because he was right. always pretty popular and that stuff still even now bubble to yeah. the top although you could always find bargain bins uh, yeah, his. full of his lps yeah uh, yeah oh, some yeah. of the lesser like, known ones right. like in the wee small hours and stuff that's like my that. favorite which are yeah. great records by the way yeah, yeah, yeah. glad i picked them up that one's my favorite 25 wee small hours is my favorite yeah. where are you there's that, that little yep. run of this <laughs> right record. there's another one where he's like uh something about i'm lonely or something yeah. like that all, all, all his sad sacks yeah. songs, they're great songs yeah. for sad lovers yeah something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. all of those ones are great oh yeah and we're good for 25 cent flea market and you know goodwill finds but um yeah it's sometimes nice when you get on a little niche even with a modern band, where you're like, these guys have like 10 records and nobody, Cares. you know, like like right now, if you wanted to get into a band like Kitchens of Distinction, which I would recommend to anybody, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not together anymore. All those guys still making music. They did make a, a new record in 2013 right. that went online and disappeared and nobody bought. Right. But their first, you know, uh, three records, the live thing, a couple, yeah. you can buy all this stuff for pennies yeah. right now. Right. And and get blown away. Yeah. Say how does how is this not a band with the stature of yeah. Nirvana or Smashing right. Pumpkins? These guys were insane. Yeah. But you could go pick it up for yeah. you know a yeah. couple bucks. We were just talking about that band. I just gave you that live record, the Shudder to Think record. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, and I was at uh, Bull Moose, which is you know pretty good place to find some 
off stuff. I mean, it's a big place. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, they have and a huge inventory. The Bull Moose Record Store in Salem, New Hampshire. Yes. Oh, that one's huge. Yeah, that yeah. one's yeah. very big. It's they big. Got, yeah. They got a great and, and I was I was amazed. It turns I was over in there a lot too, which yeah. is good. That they didn't have any Shutter to Think CDs. I was like, I can't believe that. Right? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Sometimes well, you so go to I a store looked like on that. their searchable database. Yeah, big right. things are missing. And yeah. they have like one copy of one Shutter to Think record in like their you know Portsmouth store that's right. it I'm like in this entire record giant record store chain in you have chain. one copy of one yeah. CD but so we were down at Ron's today and Ron was like oh yeah I don't have any of those records either and I was like what and he was I was like now I know it wasn't the biggest band in the world right, or anything, right, right. but they had a bunch of records and there was yeah. a time where you saw them all the time yeah. and well, I find it Discord. they were on Discord yeah. earlier and then yeah like, again they're, in the in the general scheme of things a very small band yeah but right. when I worked at a record store an indie record store I, yeah, I knew they who they were I, I yeah. never even heard any of their albums yeah. and I knew who they were but it you know? seems like one of those bands you should still find that yeah, at a used right. record store like yeah. no no it's gone yeah, and I I don't know what to attribute that to. You know, maybe just I think, that I think the people that care care enough that they yeah. never get rid of the stuff. That, and that's mostly it. You know, yeah. that, that that you'll go to a thrift store or a music store or anybody that would carry any used media at all, whether it was just given away and donated or sold back to the store, right. like a bull moose or a Goodwill or a Salvation Army. Yeah, and you will find hundreds of copies of what on CD. Oh, pick uh, one fucking any yeah. Billy Joel record right. Billy Joel right plenty of it yeah I mean and even newer stuff right yeah. Godsmack yeah oh, oh yeah, how many copies of right the second live album like yeah yeah right. Right. how many yeah. copies of that record yeah. are you gonna find yeah you know yeah the, the, Sponge. the, the first or second yeah. Yeah. the yeah. first or second Dave Matthews yeah, yeah. albums uh, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish right yeah. right you're gonna find that stuff in the dozens yeah and the, Be oh, because so much of that got out there and then people used it if you will consumed right. it and then got rid of it they yeah. moved it along right with something like you know shutter the think or built to spill right. uh, smaller bands with niche yeah. big audiences but niche audiences they got out there they sold it the people who liked it kept it right still have it or when they got moved along it, it went to a a flea market or got thrown right. away yeah they, right. nobody saw nobody any inherent nobody, value nobody right. ever bought the Ironica cd for, for the one song right. they heard on MTV right. and then once they get sick of the song they didn't right. need the record I, anymore ironically nobody ever moves the the Shudder to Think album on to the even the thrift store right. because they don't think there's any value but yeah. they absolutely take the Dave Matthews Hootie oh, and the yeah. Blowfish yeah. right all <clears> that they take that yeah. rate to any store yeah which has no value right. because there's yeah. so many thinking it's got value because people yeah. would know what this is. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I would, like, right? In, in working in used stores and just being around music like we all have been in yeah. our lives and going in stores and stuff you know like when Michael Jackson died like you know I'd have yeah. people like that's right hey, I have a copy of Thriller is that going to be and I'm like no there's 7 trillion copies of that right. in the world right. like yep. everyone it's the has same it. it's with um, worth, you know it's the same with comic books when yeah, I, I yeah. work at a comic book store yeah Every week, invariably, somebody would come in with a copy of the Death of Superman right. and want a thousand dollars for right. it. Yeah. And I'd be like, "I'll be honest with you, dude. We have three long boxes full of right. it yeah. that have never been circulated, yeah. Yeah. and we have ten copies of it in right. the dollar box." And yeah. they're like, right. "No, but Superman died." And I'm like, yeah. "But it was also the most overprinted book in the history. There are right. millions yeah. of them yeah, in the mint yeah. condition." So. I think that's the same thing with... That's why you can buy any Beatles record that ever existed yeah. anywhere, anywhere for nothing. Right. But 
like jazz records are hard to come by because people that buy them don't get rid of them. Right, that's right. And then by the time they do, it's worth 500 bucks. Right. When I started using the website discogs.com to, to look up stuff, yeah. um, you know, it's basically the the, the Wikipedia, but for yeah. music, but it's, it's, it's even more than that. Yeah, it's, it's a great site. It's to find pressing. Oh, yeah, it's crowdsourced, it, yeah. but it's really deep in the yeah. weeds. It's yeah. for people who are, yep. I'm looking for the one with the blue border around right. it that they put out in, yeah. you know, in Brazil. Right. That's the only pressing yep. I want because that's the one where yeah. it's 14 seconds longer on side two. It's right. deep in the weeds, yeah. geek yep. stuff. Yeah. But I liked it. I'm like, well, that's the clearinghouse for information. Yeah. And then I, I got totally deep into it. I started contributing. I'm like, yeah. well, I've got 40, 50 records here that I could take photographs of and post because yeah. they're not on here. Because yeah, they yeah. say, hey, listen, this is crowdsourced. Yeah. Like like Wikipedia, right. add to the database, and yeah. we grow by that. Yeah. And so as I was doing that, I eventually graduated to say, well, now I might start buying Buy stuff. stuff yeah. And, of course, that gets very dangerous because yeah. everything, yeah. Oh, I mean, everything. Yeah. Things you don't, I, I bet you... There was a band called Force 10 that put out an album for one second. <laughs> right. Okay? And I bought the tape and I loved it. I bet you they never put out any singles. Right. I'm going to look them up. Oh, look, they have four singles. Right. One from Italy, it's a yeah, dollar. Yeah. Right. Oh, i got to yeah. have that. Yeah. Oh, it's got a B-side I've never heard. I'm definitely yeah. buying it. And pretty soon you're like, what am I doing? Right. So then hopefully you yeah. graduate to, I'm going to sell stuff right. here. Yeah, and yeah. of course, that's a little bit of a procedure. I haven't done that yet, but I've been, I've been thinking about because... Like today, I sold stuff to Ron, but not yeah. our records, but just like catalog stuff. But right. stuff that might be worth a little more, I want to maybe start putting up on there that yeah. I have aside. Well, but. So you, so here's my advice for that quickly: yeah. is that you've got a very dedicated and focused audience yeah. to be selling stuff, yeah. but you've got to be brutally oh, honest, honest about about what you're selling. Oh, I know, yeah, and the, really the, try to downgrade it yeah. because that's my only negative oh, yeah, yeah. experience as a seller. Yeah, same here. Is that my rating, if you will, of oh, this is very good or this right. is mint condition. Some people, right. They don't believe it, and right. they don't want it, and they're going to yeah. give you trouble about it. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. I've had great experiences buying and selling. Haven't been stiffed yeah. once. Yeah. But here's what gets addictive on the sell as a seller. Yeah. Is that you look at your collection, yeah. and you look at your stack of stuff. Most of us have one somewhere, yeah. even if it's in the collection. Yeah. Full of stuff that you don't want anymore. Right. Yeah. Or you yeah. just you listen to it. But nobody cares. Right. You know that there isn't anybody yeah. looking for a, you know, <clears throat> a Jimmy Griffin CD from 1958, right. a yeah. repress, right? right? Uh, and but there are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. And when That's you realize, us, right. That's yeah, us, yeah. right. When you realize, <laughs> you know, I spent. You don't realize you're doing this, but right. I spent ten years going to Newbury Comics, and picking just out of out of a hat yeah. through there. They had a whole line of of uh, fantasy. Um, that was jazz label yeah, in the records. 40s and yeah, 50s. Yeah. Fantasy, and they had some sub-labels. Yeah. Uh, reissues on CDs that came out in the 90s. Yeah. And a lot of them were Rudy Van Gelder production. I mean, yeah. really, really yeah. top albums. Yeah. But then everything else, everything that they could pull out of their uh, vault, they put yeah. out on CD. Yeah. And at some point, Newbury bought them out. Yeah, yeah. And had every one of those oh, yeah. CDs in there I for three ninety nine. Yeah, I went, yeah. Four bucks. One of my favorite so, jazz records is uh, Booker Irvin, The Trance. Right. Was, was one of those. And like I remember finding it new for three ninety nine. Three ninety nine for those CDs. Amazing. So yeah. I would go every week or every couple yeah. weeks or whenever I went yeah. and I would pick out I, I eventually got to the point where I would just go A to Z yeah. through the whole jazz section. Yeah. And just anything that had that label, they were no, a very course. distinctive yeah. spine. I would just yeah. put in a stack yeah. and then I would flip them all over. Yeah. And look through them and say if it's piano, bass, and drums, yeah. or piano, bass, drums, and sax, or yeah. trumpet, 
I'll buy it. Yeah. I, without knowing anything yeah, about the area. session guys. Every if red I, garland now. Right? Like, if, yeah, now, yeah, if right. I recognize somebody, right. sure. Yeah, right? yeah. But other than that, oh, if it's organ and trombone, I, I'm not that interested. Yeah. And I would just pick through that, and I built yeah. myself up a library of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you know, I'd say more more than a quarter, maybe almost half. Yeah. It didn't didn't throw me. Right, it wasn't right. My, start putting that on Discogs. Yeah. 35, yeah, 45, no, no, yeah. 55, yeah. 65. Oh, yeah. I've gotten CDs, $75 yeah. for that's some secret. of these. Yeah, especially people. And I didn't pay any more than $4. Yeah. Not one day did that's I pay more than $4. That's a little secret that a lot of people don't know. Like CDs, CDs are eBay huge. And, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 You know yeah. why? Because they're just like vinyl. Yeah. Remember when it quickly died? Yeah, they go out of print. But they were still everywhere. A right. lot of us went, oh, yeah. I guess i got to get rid of mine, or people just got rid of it. Yeah. That's when I started buying. So I got lucky. I was like, all these dollar bins, right? CD collectors, too, that are... Label collectors. They right. want everything that ever came out on such and such a right. label, regardless yeah. of yeah. what the music is. Right. Um, so you, you know, or people that will buy 115 different CDs of the same record because, right. oh, this one was when it came out in. Then the next year they right. changed the indicia, and then this one was right. from France, and this one. You know, and there's a lot of that yeah. that stuff that people it's, don't know is yeah. what goes on. Yeah. And right now, like people like. If you're still listening to us, <laughs> now yeah, that we right. now that we're not talking about live albums <laughs> right. at all, yeah, now this has no bearing. But we're we're on definitely it. coming back to live. Yeah, albums. yeah. But 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 for stick around. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like a music fan right now, and or you're like getting into a band that like you don't really know much about, it's a buyer's market for like you can get a whole catalog of a band for thirty it, bucks. Oh, it, yeah. it is, like, but you yeah. have to know where to shop because yeah, yeah. on social media, I'm yeah. a member of a lot of groups that are yeah. all related to music. Yeah. And a lot of people. I can't tell you whether they're young or old. Right. I'm not checking their yeah, profiles, yeah. but right. a lot of people are stunted yeah. and don't have about where to get stuff. Right. Yeah. Now, now yeah. we we're spoiled in New England yeah. Yeah. because there is just an embarrassment of riches here of, yeah. of record stores, oh, yeah. of of flea markets, yeah, yeah. Uh, of of Salvation Army type oh, stores, yeah. warehouse Savers, stores, yeah. Savers, all kinds yeah. of places where you can yeah. get a lot of stuff. And if you even just gently know what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. You can get a lot, of, and if you just blindly buy, you're going to have a ton of great oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's there's places in this country where you, you get none of oh, that, yeah, and there's yeah. places in the right. world because yeah. social media is global yeah. where people have no exposure to any right. of that. Same so, thing yeah. with the touch on the live albums. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with live perform. We're, we we literally, if you wanted to, if you had the money, you could go to a show every night and see every it, single so. night here the, and in, get blown Boston. away. Not only yeah. see a right. show, but get blown yeah. away. And Which then, we probably we all probably I did in the nineties. Oh, absolutely. I was going out. Three, four nights a week. Yeah, right. me too. Now and, 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 uh, at least yeah. once a week, sometimes twice oh, yeah. a week. I'd be at the Middle East. We'd go yeah. I was driving into the Middle East on nights when right? I didn't even know who was playing, just yeah, because yeah. somebody decent is probably right. We yeah. go to the Paradise on Wednesday and say, "Let's go down to the Middle East on Friday, see who's kicking around." Yeah. And if we're still into it on Sunday, I don't have to work Monday. Right. I mean, either well, on Sunday night there's a there's an all ages show in right. this basement. Let's yeah. go to that. Yeah. I mean, three shows right. in yeah. a week, yeah. no problem. And then and Wednesday we're going to see Rush. That's right. Yeah, we'll go to the stadium. Yeah, yeah, I have a, my friend Ian lives in um, Ohio, in Cincinnati. Yeah. And he's forever lamenting, like, all these tours that we'll be putting up on Facebook. Like, oh, I can't wait to see this. He's like, yeah, right. I have to drive four hours, like, mm. into the next state to... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you, I'm like Cincinnati's right. a big city. He's like, yeah. nobody plays here ever. Yeah. 
I'm know? always amazed when there isn't a Boston date. You know, I get very I incensed. Yeah, I'm so spoiled. So spoiled. I'm like, how is there not a Boston date? You guys aren't playing Boston. It's ridiculous. Right. right. This doesn't make sometimes any sense. Sometimes it's like Philly is the closest. It, yeah. You could feasibly do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's I, the other thing. Yeah. We, we, again, you get We're spoiled. We're in the northeast. Yeah, right. So, You're like, yeah. oh, it's in Concord, New Hampshire? Forget it. I'm not yeah. driving 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, I'm not It's not in a half-hour radius. You're like, you spoiled. Yeah, I'm not driving all the way to friggin' Mohegan Sun. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Living like 25 minutes from Providence now is good because there's a few good That's very stores good. Yeah, there. right. Yeah, I saw the moving targets like a, you know, a half hour from my house. Yeah, like awesome. With uh, Jonas. With, uh, yeah. Jonas and I mean, right here next door to where I am in Lowell, yeah. there's a never-ending stream of yeah. tiny bars and uh, gallery spaces yeah. where... I guarantee any night of the week, even in the weeknight, if you wanted to go down to Lowell after the sun goes down and yeah, walk around, you will walk yeah. in front of some place right. where somebody's playing. You're yeah. like, oh, I want to see what's going on in here. Yeah. Right. And you know, and we've been really lucky with that. Because even an arena uh, that's within a half an hour drive of me yeah. up in Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah. So if there's a big band coming through and they hit yeah. Manchester, yeah. I can be there in a half an yeah. hour. I know all yeah. the secret yeah. parking spots. You know, yeah. it's really. I mean, really in Lowell, there's the the arena there where right. I mean yes yeah. played there I saw yeah, yeah the, the two of the my best shows I ever saw James Brown I saw in Lowell at the wow. Lowell Auditorium awesome yeah that it's was great like venue. in 97 or something and then uh, the Dio set like uh, Heaven and Hell oh, they played amazing. the yeah. Songus or whatever yeah right. and that, that that's a great venue the sound yeah. in there is amazing yeah, the sound was and I've great, seen man. a ton of shows yeah. in there we saw uh, did you see that yes show there I didn't see yesterday. They have a DVD. They put There's it out DVD on DVD. DVD. They did, yeah. 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 Um, it was a, a special show. show. I didn't yeah. go to that one either. Yeah. Been to every other one around it, but, yeah. but for some reason wasn't going yeah. to I the saw, Lowell show. Saw yeah. Jethro Tull in there. Yeah. Um, I got kicked out of that show. Oh, did you? Yeah. I went to, to see the Jethro. I, I saw almost all of it from the backstage yeah. through the loading dock because I got kicked out. Huh. No, you didn't get kicked out. You He went outside. Yeah. I didn't know that you couldn't come back in. Yeah. It was back in the day when... Even if you had a ticket, you yeah, weren't coming were. back in. Know, right? Now everybody goes out to smoke because you can't yeah. smoke inside and nobody yeah, they cares. Have a roped off but area. then you we can. We saw Morrissey in there. Yeah, that was at the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I saw Weird Al in there. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a great venue. Yeah, I like that place, and it's right there. Right. Yeah. I saw I, I saw Tori Amos there too. Yeah. That was an amazing show. We yeah. sat right up front for that. Yeah. Oh, which is other news. I saw Bill Cosby in there. Oh yeah. Yeah, he didn't. Really? Uh, you know. Try to uh, drug me or anything yeah, like that. That's but I, good. He did see, and he was funny. That was before, obviously, the downfall. Yeah. Right. So you know, it was, uh, it was, it was. I, mean, I think the only comedy show. Well, I mean, Weird Al is a comedy, yeah. but his music. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the only stand-up comedy I saw there. But there's always a lot of stand-up comics right. performing yeah. there. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we will. Uh, on that note, Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, let's leave it at Bill. We'll leave it at Bill Cosby. Right. And we will definitely uh, continue the, the live record thing yeah. another time. Because yeah. I, I think we... Oh, I think yeah, we I got a bunch of stuff here. So. Yeah. Rock awesome. and roll. Awesome. Cool. You can...